The Arrows Up podcast is brought to you by Triumph Protective Coatings. They specialize in concrete polish, epoxy flooring systems, micro top floor and walls, and self-leveling underlays. They speak Spanish. You can find them on Instagram, Triumph underscore Coatings. And if you use promo code Arrows Up, you get a 10% off. This is what I have for you today. David was here. Trevor was here. And we finally got on the pod. We did it. David has talked about Trevor a lot in the pod. So if you've been listening to us, then the the name Trevor is going to sound familiar. So he was here. Great conversation about his life recording, about his boxing, about sparring, judging just great boxing conversation so hopefully you enjoy it david trevor here we go red red and white that's a long sleeve oh it's like a, is that like a like a where's waldo kind of thing going on or what what is this no, it's where's David? Is he watching the Super Bowl or not? Dang! I'm you're, glad you brought that up. I'm glad watch, you brought that up. You're watching the Cancun Super Bowl. That's cool. I'm glad it's being recorded already. So Ravens Lions. Yeah. That's cool. Yo, Trevor, dude. What's up, mate? What's up, bro? What's up, man? Okay, Trevor, German, German, Trevor. What's up, Jerm? Heard a lot What's about up? you. I just want to say Dave. this is this, <laughs> this is like uh, light on. a long time coming because dude, Trevor, Trevor's been listening since like like brute thoughts, like for it's like our takes and stuff, you know? Yeah. So been he he's been around. Like he he heard like early on, you know, like back when Canelo, you know. Like three one sixty eight undisputed. I used to always like send like the, the links like yo man we dropped another pod here you go like check it out so. And he always wanted to be on, so. I've I've said it multiple times. I'm like when I was in Paso, I was like let me be on, let me be on, and David's always like nah nah. I was like you gotta nah. <laughs> you gotta you gotta wait you gotta you gotta earn your stripes a little bit you just gotta the you build know. ups the build ups are real. He was gatekeeping. <laughs> I let a little bit, yeah, yeah. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. But also, I'll admit that like, there's like, there's way more stuff that like I can talk about now and stuff like that than I could back then when I was asking. Right, yeah, like that. there's more. There's more you can dive into. Because I've that done time, a lot more. Like, I was just a dude that was just existing at the sports club with you. That was about was it. Brute thoughts like two, two, like two years ago now already. That was like 2021. No, like three. So it was. It launched, I think, 2020. So dang. Okay. Four. Yeah. So Four. yeah, I remember because you're Trevor. You're 21. Going to be 22. Uh, I'm 22. I'll be 23. You're 22. Yeah. So like, I remember when he was like fresh out of high school, and he was like yeah. doing like the, the JC thing, and he was like, "Yo, I want to, you know, I want to get on and talk about boxing," and like a lot has happened. So like, I remember like when Garcia and Tank fought, we were like. 
we were beefing. Me and Trevor were like out there. Like, but I was I was at college at that point. But like when Brew Thoughts started, like I said, I was at the sports club with you. I know. Like yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. So you no, you was, always was, was like, come on, man. Like let let me get on. Let me. So. Because I always used to be like, I'm always like, I'd always be texting you updates about fights because you wouldn't be watching the fights. Mm. I would be watching the fights. So oh, I'd be like, that's true. I would yeah, text Trevor. You, I would text you round by round updates. He would. He would give me updates because like I'd be out gigging. So like. When Canelo went plant fight, he was like, "Yo, this round just they just finished this round." Oh, like, I see. so you know, yeah. He's, he's you come back, you come back to like my twenty-five text messages, basically being like the round breakdowns, being like, "Who's like winning? Like, who did what in this like, round? Like, what happened?" He's that's got perfect. Like, he's like, "Oh, Canelo's still winning." Like, very good. It was, just still like winning. A, it was just like a running diary. Dude, you should you should reach out to me directly. Skip to I, I should have texted Jerome. I should have been like, David, yeah. David was being a horrible middleman. I had to go straight to the source. <laughs> hey, 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 you know, have your people talk to German people. You know what I mean? Like, that's. <laughs> oh, I know we're playing boxing politics here now. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Have your people talk to my people. My call people me the. People call me the. Like the it's like, is Oscar what's, the, the what's the dude from? Is it Mauricio Suleiman, like the, the WBC guy? Like, oh, yeah, the WBC. Mauricio Suleiman. That's yeah. me. I'm over here in the WBC. shadows just trying to, you know, <laughs> keep things the way I well, like now, them. Now, now, we just like, now we just like to go public with everything. We're just out here, like, just going public with everything now. We want public, like, negotiations, public talking, public call-outs. Exactly. We're just public everything now. Like, we're out here, like, yesterday, like, yesterday I was talking with uh, Vidal, my boxer, uh, my boxer guy that I work for and stuff like that, and he was like, we're talking what's about... His, what's uh, his last Connor name, ben. Vidal? What's his, Vidal what's Riley. Vidal, Vidal Riley. Riley. Yeah. Up and coming prospect over in the UK and stuff like that. He has a fight today, I can't say yet, but coming soon. And what, what was he saying? He was saying, we're talking about Connor Ben versus Devin Haney and stuff like that, and he was like, I think that'd be an interesting fight. And we were really breaking down about the idea of, like... He was like, you can kind of see the difference in like the the, the steroids usage. He's like, is because we were we were we were looking back at the fight that he had with uh, Ben or Woody, not Ben Whitaker, the Pete Dobinson or something like that. What I forgot mm. his name. The one he just had and stuff like that. He's like, you can see that he's not as fast. He's not as powerful as he was when he was on pre steroids. He was Connor Ben the Destroyer. He was knocking fools out. But now it's like when he fought this guy, he didn't knock him out and stuff like that. He didn't seem as strong. He didn't seem as fast. So you can yeah, see the, the, in, like, the fight right after. They were like. He like was missing a gear, and they were like, "Oh, dude, like could have been." Which, but at the same time, like that's a thing. Like, even with uh, like Canelo, for example, the whole Clambuteral thing. After they like, even though he was like innocent, they were still like, "Oh, he looks," you know. They're always gonna say things, you know. Plus, he's, 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 he's young, he's, right? He's not. He's not. Yeah, Connor Ben's young, but he's yeah. not gonna lose that. That's gonna be something that's just gonna stick with them till forever. Like Canelo still gets that stick, and it's been how long now? Yeah. yeah, it's been years. Like that, yeah. That's something that's something that like even though it could have been an accident, it could have not have been an accident because we have the Amer- we have America that's letting him fight, but the British Border Control's not letting him fight. That's why he fought in Vegas at two thirty in the true. afternoon. Yeah, because he's fighting over here now, and as right. I now now he's like in talks to like first over there he's fighting like UK guys, and now he's over here now, and Bill Haney's approaching him at his fight, being like, "Hey, we need to get it on me, you and me, you and Haney, or like or like you and Haney," and then now Eddie Hearn and Gervonta are online negotiating and talking about Connor Ben versus Javante Davis. I don't like Bill Haney. He gets on my nerves. Did you see, did you see the clip of him talking about the, him approaching like uh, Connor Ben was doing his interview and you see Bill Haney in the corner. He's like, Hey, Hey, come here, come here. He's like, I respect you champ. Like you're a good fighter. So with that, but like you meet me, you, uh, you and Haney got to get it on. Like we got to get it started. And like, 
And they're like talking, and Connor's like, Connor Ben's like, I'll do it, I'll do it. He's probably gonna get one of his yeah. fattest paychecks from fighting either him or Tank. He's gonna get his fattest paycheck because I don't think any of those UK guys really have the bigger name than those guys that are in the US. Yeah. Why? Why do you think the the U, the UK guys struggle so much? Whenever they they like come over here or they they face a an uh, like a North, even like a North American, like just yeah, you know? yeah, just like this side this side of of, of the pond, because it it almost feels like when you see them box, they're 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 it's a completely different worlds of talent of everything that I'm just like man, like obviously boxing's huge there, but. It seems like the talent is is behind everywhere else, because even even the the what was his name? Uh, Callum Smith, his last fight. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's just like man, yeah. like it, he he just had. I've seen him fight British guys, and he knew he knows how to use his reach. He knows how to keep guys off. And it just he he fights Canelo, and and I get it. He fights uh, Berbatov. And uh, he's he's a bulldozer, but I'm like, man, like he he just doesn't couldn't use his skills at all that we saw him showcase or have seen him showcase against other guys. Just but so I think that we we saw a different uh, bit of beef than we've yeah, I think, ever seen in that fight, though. That's true. A yeah. lot of people were shocked about his jab. His yeah. jab was insane in that fight and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And like he's what he's 40 years old, isn't he? He's he's up there. He's like yeah, yeah, he's, he's up there. Like he's just he's just a, he's just a different breed of human, bro. Like he's still out here doing that. Like like I said, it's just he just he nullified everything that Callum Smith wanted to do in that fight. And he's only 40, 44 years old. I know a bunch of people that were like, Callum Smith might actually take this. Like I think he's not. Just don't don't go don't underestimate Callum Smith in this fight. And I don't, I'm just saying, like he didn't do as good as I, I was expecting either. But also, yeah. like you said, bitter beef is a, a tank. Like that made me be like. Bivol versus him is going to be interesting. I, I would say like the the um like the Eastern European guys are kind of the exception to the Euro bum. Like the like they oh, would say sure. Euro, Euro bums, sure. you know. But like the UK sure. guys for sure. There's always like you got a few shifty ones like throughout the years. You know, I'm talking like the Prince Nassim's, those kind of guys. But um, even even like Billy Joe. But yeah, they. I I wonder if it just has to do with like the just the amount of people available to train with in the States, even in North America, right? Like all of Latin America, the U S we have so many coaches. The UK is just, it's just like a little, it's a little pod. And sure. You can get guys from nearby countries, but honestly, I mean, you never really hear about like, I know like Sandro Martin, like he's a Spanish fighter. Uh, is Otto Wallen like a German guy? You never really hear about fighters from like the other little European countries. Cause it's like, they're just kind of, Hanging there, but the U.S. Dude, they're like so many contenders or like rising prospects in each division. So I wonder if it's just like the availability of guys. Because think about it, if you're in the U.K. and you want to go and get like some good sparring somewhere, you probably have to travel like somewhat far or fly someone out to you to come and like you know do that. Like even with um, like when Joshua was with uh Robert Garcia, like they had to fly like to and from each other to like get it done, and it's like. I wonder if that might have something to do with it, like just because they're in such a different sphere. And I think you have like, Russians you have like fighting like, bears, like in their spare time, you know. So it's like, but, but yeah, I, I think coaches' availability is a little bit different because also it's just a smaller area. 
overall, like the UK is a lot smaller. So like you got to depend on like where the coaches are and stuff like that. Cause I know that like a lot of the fighters that come over here and stuff like that, cause they want that like UK coaching. It's like Anthony Joshua, um, Vidal used to be, it used to fight in Mayweather in Mayweather gym. He used to be in a Mayweather, a Mayweather guy. He used to find the Mayweather, oh, the one in the Mayweather gym, the one in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. The one in Vegas that he used to be there and stuff like that. And now he's back over in the UK and stuff like that, working with his dad and stuff like that. So I think it just depends and stuff like that. It's like, just, he said, I think it's just the availability. It's like, we got Mexico, we got Las Vegas, we got California, we got like Los Angeles, like we got all New York, like New York. There's, yeah, so many different, there's so many different, there's so many different areas and stuff like that. And I just feel like you don't really have that over inside of London mm, yeah. and like the UK and stuff like that, in that area. But there and are some stars just, over there. Like right now, right now, Ben, yeah. Ben Wittick, Ben Wittick's getting some big attention right now. If you saw, his fights and his clips right now, the way that everyone's mm-hmm. like the way he was flaunting in that dancing and stuff like that. People are, people are liking him right now. Is that the dude that was kind of like, like, I don't the know. Guy that, okay. Yeah. I, okay. He had, he had like a little short, little dreads kind of like a little fro. Yeah. You see him, you see him like, like shimmying. He was like, boom. Like, that boom, was insane, boom. Like, dude. <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, dang, that's, that's next level. But but yeah, like Muhammad Ali. Give me, give me like Muhammad Ali. True, ones. true. Yeah, like for sure. But he was like he was like he was flowing out there on that in that right on that canvas. Yeah. Bruh. Well, Trevor. Okay, so I was telling Germ before because he was like, "Yo, like, what exactly? Like, are we gonna? You know, what are we gonna go over?" And um, I I sent him like the the document for George, right? And yep. like how you like you shoot video for him, you edit it with him, and yeah. he's okay. And then I was like, but the thing with Trevor, I was like, it's not just like the film. I was like, the film is like, it's a vehicle you use. But I was telling him how like you've kind of entered the world of boxing in a very direct way, which I I, I mean I was pretty impressed with because like I saw you like when you first started getting into boxing and you started talking to me and I was like, Oh, I'm a big boxing guy. So like, let's, let's talk shop and everything. Um, and so, um, you started training on your own, you know? And then, but then like, once you went to LA, like you kind of, you branched out and now you have, you kind of have like a finger and a toe over here, a finger and a toe over here. You've been in some big gyms. You've been in some like more low key gyms. You've been to, um, like professional professional fights. You've also been to like Muay Thai. I think you've done like Muay Thai fights. I think you yep. like do, you judge for one of them. Influencer boxing, female boxing. So a little bit of everything. Yeah. So take take us back, like, because um, I I mean I remember like I told you about George, the story, but, but yeah, there's a whole other thing because I I mean you used to go to the you still go to the UFC gym, but you mentioned all these people now, like your homies, your coaches that you like train with on a daily basis. So kind of, kind of take us back, you know, like, you know, let us know. Yeah. So how far back um, do you want to go? Yeah. You know? I don't, I, I can kind of like give a brief overview for the start. It doesn't take very long. Cause it's like, it was like two years of like me training at the sports club every single day by myself, but that's not, I'm not going to go into much detail about it, but then it really kicks off once I got time to school. But um, no, for, so for the longest time I've like, been a huge i mean more in more into youtube boxing i got into youtube boxing about 2018 but i was kind of just watching it not really training for fighting and stuff like that i was just watching it 
And then once I kind of realized, I was like, okay, like I actually enjoy watching boxing, not just because it's influencers, but also like stuff in general. So I started watching like Ryan Canelo, Tyson Fury, Deontay mm-hmm. Wilder was Deontay Wilder and Tyson had like, I think their third fight around that time and stuff like that too. So I thought all those points were like kind of merging in. So then I started getting my own boxing gloves and started just training by myself. Nothing crazy. Just training by myself. And then I got down here to LA and I realized that like I found like my passion and my passion is basically like I love boxing and I love shooting video. So I like finding mm. that nice merge, those merging of both worlds and stuff like that, where I still get to train, but also I'm still doing yeah. video stuff and I still love capturing and telling stories. So Which they merge very, very well. They do merge very, very well, especially yeah. since the era that we're in now where you got to kind of, you got to start promoting yourself a little bit. You got to start doing some yeah. media and stuff like that. It's, it's the way it's the way it is now. Yeah, and it's like that's how that's how you're gonna get publicity. That's how you're gonna sell pay per views. That's how you're gonna build your name. It's just how it is. And there's ways of doing it that like there's people that do it cringily and like very like annoying and very. But there's ways of doing it that like are super just like heartfelt and like storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's like everyone's got a story. A lot of these fighters, if you just sit down and talk to them, have like a cup of coffee, they're gonna tell you their life story and stuff like right. that. And it's like there's there's like just talking about from George and stuff like that, like doing his documentary and stuff like that. It's like I dove into his stuff, and then we've talked about like we have a documentary coming out that we're going to try shooting pretty soon about his health issue that he's been like fighting with over the years. Shout out to, that. Shout out to uh, Costa. That's what you're talking shout about. Shout out right? to Jordan Costa. Yeah. Jordan yeah. Costa. Jordan Costa, uh, fighting third. I don't know if this when's this podcast coming out, but he's fighting Thursday, uh, February 8th on the TFMO versus Jamie Ortiz undercard. It's his top rank showing. Nice. So, Okay, yeah, so okay, top, okay. So for, for a minute you were like, I don't know who he's signing with, but okay, so it's top rank. All right. Yeah, top rank. Yeah, top rank. He signed. Yeah, it's like it's it's just like it's like one little like his showing to like he has to go out there and put on a show and then after that they'll probably they'll bring up a contract. I'm, I'm hopefully. Yeah. It's not like that one fight, show up, do like put on a show and stuff like that, and then we'll offer you a contract and stuff like that. So that's gonna be huge. But yeah, no. So how I got in contact with George was because uh, David went to high school, right? High school with them. Yeah, yeah. Went to high school with him. Yeah, he went to high school yeah. with George. And he's always mentioned to me, like texting, like back when, like when I was training myself to text George and like ask for like tips, ask for advice because he was a homie. And so that's so I got in contact with him. So then I got down here and I had a project for one of my classes that was I got assigned to do the documentary to direct a documentary. And I was like, oh, I want to use this not as just, I don't want to take this as just a school assignment. Like there's people that were like doing assignments of like the janitors here, coaches, students. I was like, no, I want something that's going to like basically put my name on the map. Mm. Like I want to like, I want, I want something that's going to like, I want to do it professionally. I want to do it. I want to do as high as I possibly can still meet my like criteria that I do for class, but something that like I can take to people and show like, Hey, this is what I can do. And that show them that package deal. So I decided, so I was like deciding I was debating back and forth. Uh, At that point I had been to Jackrabbit to do some sparring, some boxing at Jackrabbit. And so I got into contact with Ash and Sylve who just fought on the most valuable prospects five card. He's one of my, he's someone that I know and stuff like that. He's a super nice guy. Um, so I was in talk with him and then I was in talk with George trying to figure out who I wanted to do. And I was like, and I was like, George is someone that I feel like I can really dig into more personal for more personally, because also like I've known him more and stuff like that. It's not going to be as like news meeting Ashton. I know Ashton as well as I knew George. And then Ashton also, I was like, dude, he's also now a bigger star. Cause at that point he had just signed a Jake Paul's promotion. So it's like, oh, so now he's going to have like that big name now. And I don't know about time-wise. And I had like a crew that I had to also use that go to school here to award my project. So I decided, I was like, I want to go with George. Mm. So I went with George. 
Plus, George is like, that. he's like in the area, right, kind of? Because I know like the... Yeah, he's in the area. I live in... I, live I in bet Buffalo, like the other guys, like they travel a bunch if they do other fights and everything. And yeah. Well, Ashton, Ashton's from Long Beach, so... He's from Long so, Beach, and, I think. Yeah, he's from Long Beach. So, so he's close too. He's close too. They're both yeah. relatively the same. So I was like, I was like, okay, so let's do George. And so we got in contact with George and we made the documentary and told the story the inside the fighting mind. And I had so much fun with that. That was like... It was huge for me. Not just because I got to like sit down and like interview. It's because of... I also got to go to his fight and sit ringside. That was my first ringside mm-hmm. fight was going to his fight and sitting ringside. Yeah. Dang. And so at that point I was like, I was like, dude, this is, this is huge. I got to be in the locker room. I get to be like, I'm here. Like I'm literally like in a VIP spot that people can't normally get to. Yeah. Unless you're a fighter. And at this point I was like, no, like this is what I want to do. So I uploaded that documentary and it, like I said, it did what I wanted it to do. It made an impact. And it's brought me huge opportunities with a lot of fighters from Jackrabbit that I've talked to. Like I got my, my buddies B-Dave. I got my buddies Minicon, um, and Ashton, and some other ones that are there. And then um, I've gone to contact with some at Brickhouse and Upper LA. And, and then like I got a, I've gone to knockouts with George too. And like that's where I've been. That's why I've seen like and been with Virgil Ortiz. I got to see Virgil Ortiz bar and be in the gym with Virgil. That was huge. That's an opportunity that like I'm going to hold forever. Mm-hmm. Just because of, like someone that like likes boxing, the Wolfos are huge, and so at right. that point, then it's like that just stuff. It just kept sprouting, and I, that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want I didn't want to come here to to my school and be like and just sit there every single day and make these student short films and be like, what do they amount to? Like I'm here in this area, like I get to live here like pretty cheaply because in college, and I have these opportunities where I'm like. I get to go and do these things. And so I want to make sure that I capitalize on them and I don't want to let a single one pass by. And so I haven't, I got to do some, and like I said, so like I've met some fighters and I do video for some of the fighters and I get to go sit, I get to go sit ringside of these fights. I get to judge fights. I got to go judge uh, influencer fight league, a fight, uh, an influencer fight league that they have here in LA and stuff like that. And so I got to judge mm-hmm. two of their fights or two of the fights. And so that was super cool. I get to sit ringside and judge. So that was super cool. Um, on top of that, we just also done like more of George's fights. Like the last fight with George, I didn't sit just ringside. I got to be in his corner. I got to do all this video stuff. And I also was in his corner. Yeah. And so that, that, that was like, that was, that was like, it's just every single time I just get closer and closer. And so that's just super cool. Just to, like, just to be there and stuff like that. Like I remember I got, cause I got to, like, I went into like the, the room to film and because they were filming inside of a studio, we're not allowed to, they didn't want, it's like the studio soundstage. They didn't want us filming inside the soundstage, like any camera stuff. So once right. that George passed out, once George passed that line, I couldn't film anymore. It was the, it was the studios and then right. also yeah. the promotions. So then basically because of that, George is like, come, come work corner, like come be in the corner. Mm. So I got to sit in the corner and sit in the corner and stuff like that. And then like when like George would come to the corner, I would be up on like the, the ropes with him and stuff like yeah. that. And I got to be in the ring to the photo afterward. Like those are all just like moments for me that like two years ago, looking back on myself, I would be like, I was like watching these fights being like, dude, I hope like one day I can get there. Like that was just a dream to me. Right. And I like, I've made those, like I've made those come to fruition. I appreciate George, George, George mostly George is the one I will give praise to to the end of time. It's like, he's the one that because of him letting me film a documentary is what sprouted these opportunities for me. And I've yeah. always, I've always said that to him. like, dude, I appreciate you. Like I have much love to you that like you've gotten me to this point. Right. It's, it's so it's, it's, it's a lot like, I don't know if you remember 24-7, but the whole aspect or point of 24-7, uh, and obviously everybody's done their own imitation of it, uh, but was the story. 
because if people care about the story, then people are going to watch. And that, that was always the, the, the philosophy behind that show, uh, which was, uh, I think the best show in when it came to like tracking somebody and, and you had a, I forget the guy's name, but his voice is so legendary and he just starts speaking and you just get so like, oh man, here we go. Um, and wh- I was watching, the, I watched the documentary you did and it, it was it was very similar because that's the whole point. The whole point is to get this story out because now you're captivated. Now, when he gets in the ring, it's not just a boxer. It's a boxer who comes from this background, who's gone through this who's lost this, who's won this, who's right, who feel who has felt this. And all of a sudden you're you're rooting for someone far beyond just someone with gloves or oh well, I'm rooting for this guy because he's the Mexican in this fight. It, it becomes almost a, a representation of of you because you think like, oh man, that guy, that guy could be my cousin. I, I know people like him. Right, right. And all of a sudden you're so connected to them. Um how, like, how do you, like, how, how much of it is you capturing that, like, that those moments, and how much of it is the fighter uh, letting themselves out? Because I, I, I've, there has to be kind of like a trust from both ends where you're trusting that the fighter is going to give you something genuine, obviously something, you know, something good, but something genuine. And also on the other side, he's kind of trusting that you're going to put him in a good light. Like how much of right. that when you first yeah. started, uh, how long did it take for you to build that connection, that trust that a, you were going to showcase the story correctly and B and you trusting that he was going to give you something that was worth putting on. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, you have to give it about a 50, 50 mm. because like you're putting like, like you said, like he had to put a lot of trust in me. And it's like, I think that's another reason why I went with George versus Ashton, because also it's like the tap that like, you see the topic that I tackled inside of it is because I feel like a lot of documentaries or fight content leading up to it is always about the training and preparation and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's always about that. It's always like, Oh, how is camp? Like doing them inside a campus, stuff like that. You don't really. And so like my, my process is like, when I going into this, I was like, I want to dive into the fighter's mind mm. because you know, that entire process, that entire fight, building, the entire fight camp is mentally draining. There's yeah. multiple things going through your head throughout the entire process. Right. So I'm like, I want to tackle this. And I really want to dig into his mindset about this fight and like what, like how that emotional roller coaster is for him. Like where, where is he at when he's at his lows? Where is he at when he's at his highs? Finding that, like digging into that. And so basically coming down to it, it's like, Oh, like, if George, who I'm like kind of friends with on Instagram and I've talked to more and stuff like that and built more of a connection because I train, yeah, is he going to give me more information or is Ashton, this guy that I've met twice at this point, who's a bit now a bigger, a bigger star going to give me more information. And also it comes down to the fact that like, also like how they probably, when they do documentaries, they probably get paid. Right. I couldn't pay them too. So it's also right. like, oh, how much was he going to give me if I come into and say like, oh, I'm do- this is you're kind of doing this for free. How much is he going to give me? Yeah, yeah. George, George is George is just a humble guy and like loves to just help out with people. And you see that, especially because how many fighters coach? He coaches and he fights. Yeah. 
Not he does a lot. I saw like so he he fights like professionally. He coaches. He as a student, I think he goes like he goes to college. Yeah. He's a yeah. student. Yeah, he goes. He's and then he also. has his own YouTube channel too, which yep. he constantly he has like several thousand followers so, or subscribers. So I'm like, yeah, I didn't think of that. How it's like the other guys, they might be like, oh. If it's free, what can I really get out of it? Versus George, right. who's like, you know him on a, you have a deeper connection with him. You actually like, you've hung out with him, you've came with him. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because like, it's like I said, say, oh, you no, go no, first. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. It's just because it's like, it's like they're going to see a paycheck and they're going to be like, oh, I'll go more into detail because I'm getting a paycheck out of this. Yeah. But like when you're doing free, it's like you're going to see a much different effort put in and stuff like that. So it's like, if I go with him, which is technically a bigger star, which would be kind of cool to work with, be a bigger star. Yeah, that's cool. But also, am I going to get like that good of a story out of him? Or is he going to be kind of minimal with what he says? And how authentic, and, too. Like, it's just like yeah, how, how authentic and how authentic. Right. And I'm not dissing to Ashton. I, I still love Ashton. still a homie. Yeah, no, It's just a difference at that point. Yeah. It's just a difference. And so I just was like, and George probably has more time on his hands in retrospect. Also, to like kind of work with me, he did. He worked with our schedules better and stuff like that because he had more time. He was like, here, we'll go to, we'll shoot at this gym versus this gym because it's closer and stuff like that. And it's easier to get to. Mm-hmm. And so it's, so it just worked out. And then, like, like you said, like I got to go to his fights. So I got to add the fight aspect into it, mm-hmm. which I don't know if I would have had with Ashton. Ashton could have been like, oh, no, I can't get you to my fight and stuff like that because it's across the, like, across the state or like across the right. state or it's all the way across like multiple states on the other side of the world. So it's like that could be harder for him to get to. And I feel like the fight aspect level of the documentary amongst itself, having that element of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because so it, it can be tricky because you can be filming them. And I, I think one of the things that's sometimes frustrating about athletes is when they give you the PC answer. And I think especially with fighters where everything is so mental, especially you always want to have that edge that if you give anybody any credit for anything, it almost feels like you're letting your guard down. So it's like, Oh, did that hurt you? And it's like, Oh no, I didn't hurt me. It was just whatever. Or no, everything is good. Everything is sharp. And, and you're like, well, come on, you're human. There has to be these moments of highs, lows and and that's where I think like the storytelling becomes good because when you, whenever you get a, a, a fighter who, or an athlete, you know, cause it's not just fighting an athlete who isn't willing to give you that it, it kind of makes for bad storytelling. And I think that that's what was one of the things that stood out from watching documentary was he was so open about just his process to get to the fight. And, and maybe, and I was like, man, like there had to be a level of comfort that he got to. And also the way, you know, there was and vice versa, where you felt comfortable enough to put what you put on. And I'm like, man, that, that's really cool because you don't see that very often now. That's type of storytelling where where someone's being honest about the ins and outs of of the of the process. And I think that that makes it so much um so much different, you know, to, to get 100%. to hundred percent. Yeah. Well, another, another thing too, another thing too that I took into, I took into consideration also when doing this was just because of like, if I did with the Ash and Ash and I just signed, everyone's probably asking a billion questions about most valuable promotions, working with Jake and stuff like that. So it's like, what is it? It's going to be a repeat. 
And when I looked at when I looked at George, I was like, there's more that I can dive into. I can dive in a lot about his fighting. But also I think his coaching is a huge aspect too. Like the like how does he coach on the mental side of boxing? Because you still need yeah. to coach your fighters about what you put them through mm-hmm. in that when you get underneath the lights. So that was an aspect that I went into in the podcast. And then alongside, at that point, George had a loss on his record. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to dive into about his one loss. Yeah. Because I think that, that when you get a loss on record, you propel to another level when you take mm-hmm. this out of his so I yeah. wanted to dive into that. Ashton didn't have any. So I can't dive into his losses. I had to just dive into every single one of his wins. So I wanted to go in about his loss. And he dove in about how he felt about his loss and where it put him in a spot, in a mentality, and how he's lost him because of that and how it's helped him improve. Yeah. So those are all those are all little things that like when I sat down my script, when I sat down my script, I said, like, these are the points that I want to dive into. And I want to make sure that I dive deeply into them. I don't want to just scrape the surface. I want to make sure that we're digging deep when we get when we get that. Yeah. When when Jer mentioned like how athletes like to give like the short answer, like the PC answer, it really makes makes me appreciate um Graham Bensinger's interviews. Because that guy yep. doesn't let like anything slide. Like if he doesn't understand something that you said in an answer, he'll be like, What do you mean by that? Or in what way? And so I've seen like with him, I've seen like um he's interviewed like Delahoya. Like, and the Canelo one was huge. Like when he yeah. went to his house in Guadalajara, or yeah, you uh, told like, me about that Park one. That's, that was inspiration. That yeah, because if, like, if he gives you an answer that, like, if you get an answer that uh, that you don't like, he'll be like, "I need to elaborate." And like he kind of pushes the envelope a little bit, a little bit with that. And I'm just like, "No, I like that." Because some of these guys, like, like I don't know, like whether it's they're media trained or maybe they don't want to get into a certain thing, but it's like. Like, like it's like terms like the storytelling is like I, it's like I dude I want everything I hate when when someone's getting interviewed and uh, it, it's got to take two to tangle like if someone's asking like bad generic questions or like bad generic answers I'm like you know like vice versa and it's like so I like you gotta have someone asking like good questions and then getting a good answer out of them too and yeah and then yeah obviously like having like a certain level of trust to want to give out like a good answer you know because it's like I I. That being said, I can also see why like athletes are kind of like when you see them in press conferences, they're kind of just like they want to get out of there or they just want to give like the, you know, oh yeah, that was this, that, and that. And then like, all right, next question, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, so I don't do I miss 20 24-7, dude. That was like ah, what a time. HBO, HBO boxing in general. What a time. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. What a time. Oh um all right, Pete. How- um how was how was virgil ortiz how how was that experience oh virgil it was a good experience yeah i did we like i, I talked uh because when i was there what gym there, was this at was this was this here in socal he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't train at knockouts anymore he doesn't train in socal anymore i think he trains in texas i think now but um yeah i remember i walked i walked into the gym to go shoot because i realized i wanted i wanted more b-roll of the documentary mm. and uh george was like oh i'm gonna be here at knockouts these days and stuff like that and then i was like am i a cinematographer and he was like oh i'm super busy i can't do it so i was like okay i'll go and i'll go and do it instead and so i like went there and stuff like that and i'm getting there and like george is kind of just like getting wrapped up mm. and i look over in the corner and I see Virgil standing there Man. and I was like, and I was like, I looked at George and I was like, is, is that Virgil Ortiz? And he's like, he's like, yeah, Virgil, he's trains here. And so what that, and I was like, 
oh, what the heck? And then his coach, George's coach, uh, Jeff Lotry, yeah, love Jeff. Uh, he looks, he looks at me. He goes, "Did, did you want to go meet him? Do you watch Rondo?" And I was like, "Oh, I love watching Rondo." And he's like, "He's like, he's that's, like, let's go." So he, we went over there awesome. and stuff like that. And we talked, took a picture, talked about boxing. I talked about what I do and stuff like that. And he was just like, "Yeah." He's like, "Stay, stick around and stuff like that." I'm sparring today. He's like, "You can watch my sparring sessions and stuff like that." And he was like, "You can like take notes and just kind of just see what I do." So yeah, I stayed there. George, George is warming. When George was warming up, I was watching uh, Virgil. What Virgil do his spar, and then I was like, "Oh, I gotta go take video of George training." So I went and did that. But it was it was just in that environment. And then afterward, I talked to him for a little bit of spar and stuff like that. He was just going over like stuff that like he felt like he needed to improve on, yeah. and stuff that like he needs to work. After what he realized in that moment, mm-hmm. so that was just super like just, that was just eye opening. Just like also just with be with that you know that, in yeah. that environment and just talking to like a high level pro fighter like that. What what is it about these guys that fight that make them the nicest dudes around? Because you hear the best stories are always about boxers or you know combat fighters, where you meet them and they're like the the most welcoming, the most like just friendly dudes around. I think prob- part of it is probably the fact that they feel they they feel so comfortable the fact that they can beat you up and maybe that like <laughs> just brings so much <laughs> like, they're always safe they're like I'm good like, well because I, it kind of they they're never in a place where they 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 probably feel threatened you know like right. there there's a clip there's a clip of of this guy this fan that walked up to LeBron and he just wanted like a hug and LeBron like totally freaks out and he's like, wow, like, you know, like, and he, yeah, like, yeah. Still sorry, mom. And that never happens to a fighter. Like any, somebody approaches a fighter and the fighter is always like, Hey dude, what's up, man? Like, and I think part of it is the calmness of, well, if you want to fight me, it's not going to end well for you, but you, yeah, like, so- you know, yeah. So you've been around fighters. What, what makes them so like friendly? So I have a funny story actually about fighters like and they're kind of like just like being around them and stuff like that. Yeah. This is this isn't my story. This David David knows this person, so it's Devin. I have a story about Devin. So because I I go up to fighters and stuff like that, and I like they I I notice that they're super chill and stuff like that. Devin yeah. had an experience where he was in Hawaii at the zoo, right. and he saw Nate Diaz. Oh, Nate man. Diaz was there looking at giraffes with his family. Yeah, and Devin was nervous. To, like, appro- Devin was nervous to approach him because he wanted. He was like, he's like, wait, he's like, what the heck? Because at first he didn't think it was Nate Diaz, and then he heard mm-hmm. Nate Diaz's lisp, being like, oh, look at the giraffe, and like so what like that. Like, he, then he's like, oh, it's 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 Nate Diaz. <laughs> yeah, but he was scared to approach Nate Diaz because he wanted to like talk to him, take a picture. But he's like, dude, he's like, I'm worried that like, he might freak out and like right. attack me. And then later on, he saw them later on, like on his Instagram, taking photos of fans there and like in like Waikiki and stuff like that. Mm. And so I told him, I said, I said, here's my thing. I said, I think a lot of these fighters are a lot more nice when you approach them is because of their upbringing. Yeah. That makes sense. I think that they've, I think they've been through it. They've like, a lot of these fighters have been bullied. They've been in fights and stuff like that. Mm. So I think that it kind of gets to a level of like, they've seen it all. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's like, oh, it's like now there's a level of respect being like, okay, like I don't want to like make that person feel that way. I don't want to scare the person. I want to show that like I'm a kind person. I'm humble at heart and stuff like that. And like, yeah. And we're all just here to learn. We're all just here to learn at this point and stuff like that. And they, most people come up and take pictures because they're fans. They want to support them. They want to learn from them and stuff like that. Like I did from Virgil. So I think yeah. that, I think it's, uh, I think it's an upbringing. I think it's, I, I think, and it's I think, really I think with the fighters, like as long as you come correct and you're just like, Hey man, like, sorry to bother you. Like, is it cool if I, 
I feel like they're usually going to be, unless they're like in a rush or something, they're usually like, oh, yeah, sure, dude, real quick, you know. Because I remember once at the hotel I play at, Chuck Liddell had dinner. And I didn't want to like go bother him, but I, I saw him from afar. I was like, oh, there's like the Mohawk and everything, you know. Yeah. But I was talking to the manager of the hotel because he had dinner with him. He got to sit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, dude, he's like the nicest guy. Like he just, you know, and, and like, his, like, his like Lambo was parked outside and everything. But they're like, dude, super, super humble, just. They just want to, you know, eat their meal and, and like enjoy their time. And I was like, dang, because I, I like we always see them like, you know, bouncing like heads off of like canvas or whatever. But they're just like, hey, you know, or like. But I, that makes sense, though, like if they've had like skirmishes before in life, like if you just walk up and you're like, hey, I'm so and so like, can I get a picture? Like just just wanted to say I appreciate like what you do, they're like, oh, thanks, you know, like, because that was my thing, too, at, like, at the NAMM show, like, the music convention, like, there were a bunch of people that I saw that, like, I knew, and most of them were pretty friendly, so unless you you come up with, like, this, like, crazy energy and, like, very, like, I don't know, like, cringe, I guess, like, they're usually going to be like, yeah, sure, like, we can take a picture together or, like, whatever, and, you know, but, but yeah. But that I never thought that was fighters too. Like they're like it's like, th- like if they think about it, they're like, unless you pull a gun on me, they're like I'm totally fine walking around like with these hands for anybody. You know well, what I mean? because you kind of you see the because the hockey players have the same like rap in terms of same reputation as yeah. fighters. But and I think it's that idea where. These are two ath- two you know groups of athletes where they're famous, but they're not like they're not like Taylor Swift type famous. Well, forget Taylor Swift. They're they're not like LeBron James famous, <laughs> right? You know? Like they're not like your typical American sports athlete famous, yeah. right? Right. Where it's a, it's a bit different when you are a when you're one of those fighters that that's like at the, at the highest level, like even like someone like, I remember when I met Floyd and I saw Floyd, he was, he was walking around. I used to work at a jewelry company and he, he went and I used to like buy the chain chains where he would buy his chains from. Nice. And I, and I got there and I was picking up a chain. The guy's like, Hey, uh, if you stick around Floyd, Floyd's going to be here. And like, he's like on his way. And so I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. He's like, so you you can't you can't be in here because he rented out this the spot. Like it's only him. But if you just wait around, you'll see him. And obviously he walks in with like you know his big old like the entourage. Like, yeah, yeah, the entourage, his bodyguards. And yeah. I I saw him. I'm like Floyd, you're you're the best. And he's like, oh man, thank you. I appreciate you. And he just went, and it was just like. But the guy you see on TV is this like crazy, like you know, super full of himself. Yeah, but on yeah, the yeah. street, he was just like super sweet and super like thankful for that. And I think it, a lot of it is they don't have this level of celebrity, and also when they lose, is off is the worst thing ever because they put everything into it. And when they win, it's the greatest thing ever because that's the opportunity of a lifetime where a regular athlete, well, there's always next season. There's always next game. There's always like, it, there's, there's always right. another game. And I think that kind of l- eliminates any like 
drastic approach that they may have. But it is yeah. interesting. It is interesting. I think there's a level of like humanity also behind it and stuff mm. like that. It's like a lot of these fighters, they're just like, they're just normal humans. Like they're just like, they're just living. They don't, they don't have these, like a lot of them don't have these big like sport contracts that the NBA and the NFL do and stuff like that. They have more one-off contracts for certain fights. Like there's like the right. big, big stars like Canelo and stuff like that. Get those big ones. Right. Those are, right. Is the world, the worldwide names. So I thought I think a lot of these fighters are just more just kind of like on a human, a human level and stuff like that. Because like even when I was judging, when I judged like the the influencer fight, a lot of those like celebrity influencer boxer guys would come and they'd be next to me and stuff like that. And at that point, I didn't know them that well, and like they would be like recording and stuff like that. And I'd stand up and be like, I'd be sitting there like doing stuff. And if I'd be over, I'd be like, Oh wow, that was insane! Like that was a good fight. Mm. And then one guy looked at me. One guy looked at me and starts recording. He was like, "Dude, be in my Instagram live." And I'd be like, "Hey, what's up, guys? Like it's Instagram live." And I'm like, <laughs> "This guy has no idea who I am. I'm just literally this influencer boxer judge yeah. at this point." And then after that. After that, we after Instagram Live, we talked and stuff like that. We got to know each other. But at that point, right. it was just like, dude, I was just some random guy, and he just wanted me in his video. Yeah, and so that's a lot of time. That's like, the human like, come level. Say hey. Like that's it. Like just come see. Yeah, come up. say hey. And like one guy was like recording, like his buddy was fighting or something like that, or like with some guy that he trains with was recording. And then like all of a sudden, he flipped the camera. And he goes, "So what you think of like my like what you think of the fight?" And I'm just like, "Hey, like this, this, and this. This is how I like scored it. Blah blah. This like I this is where you did good. This is where you did bad. And stuff yeah. like that. And he's just like, okay. He's like, okay, okay, okay. I'll take, I'll take note of that." So I work with them. I'll, I'll tell them that and stuff like that. So I, it was just like, those are, they didn't know who I was. I'm not some big name influencer person. I'm not walking around with like 500K followers. Right. And so it's like, I, so that's just the human point. They're just like, they're the human, the humanity inside of them, like yeah. making that appearance of just being like, I'm like, I'm on their level. I'm not anything like, so I'm not a superstar yet. I'm not, I'm not like a LeBron James or Michael Jordan or someone walking yeah. around. I'm just, I'm just a, I'm just a dude. Tell us, tell us about money. Um, because okay, I was I was there when this happened, and I was like, "Oh dang, like that's that's pretty pretty crazy." But um, you went to Atlanta, yes. Okay, so he watched Jake Paul and Ben Askren. Was it Ben Askren? Yeah. So Trevor won a giveaway to go watch the fight live in Atlanta. Is it Mercedes Stadium, right? Yeah, Mercedes Benz. Yeah. So he got to go. So we were we were at work and he was like checking his emails. Yeah. And he was like, oh my God. And he like slammed his phone down on the table. And I was like, what? And he's like, dude, I he's like, I think I won the giveaway. And I was like, no way. So he and his buddy Devin got to go. Um, and I think you saw like Delfimo was like off like somewhere. You saw him from afar. Yeah, saw so Tia You got to meet you met um Antonio Tarver and actually talked with him for a good minute and like you even like threw like like you you threw some punches and he like held up you know he did the whole like let me see what you got type of thing yeah and I was like <laughs> dang bro I watched that dude like with Roy Jones Jr. and you saw him in the flesh like but you said he was like super nice too right he was just like oh yeah dude I was like oh, I saw so yeah I got there and then the, yeah Tifima Lopez was that was like uh, he was down a little bit below me and he came up and was like talking to all of us we all had to say hi to him and wave to him because I think he was trying to fight on. Triller when Triller was alive, RIP Triller also. Oh, that, dead in the water. Dark, also. dark times, dark times. <laughs> <laughs> but he was fighting on Triller later, but that never happened. He got his fight rescheduled six times with Ken Bosos until he got in the zone. But you know, here we are. But uh, Antonio Tarver, I was in the lobby and I look over and I see I see him and I was like, he looks so familiar. I was like, who is that? Who is that? Who is that? I'm like, my brain's like racking. I'm like, who is that? I'm like, I heard someone say Tarver and I went Antonio Tarver. 
And I said, that's who it is. So I went over and I talked to him and stuff like that. And we like, he, he's like, he's like, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. And he's like, you know, like, we sat down in the lobby. We were just like chatting it up and stuff like that. This is all during COVID also. <laughs> it's like, it's like 2021. Yeah. Like we're like lockdown was like kind of arising and stuff like that. Cause like the, the hotel was still being built and we had like get COVID tests before we went in there. Mm. and stuff like that too so that's why i think everyone was more chill to like be around and stuff like that but yeah i remember chilling with him and he's like i was like yeah i, I box too and stuff like that and he was like oh let me see so he had like the hand pads and i did like the hand pads and he was like okay he's like okay okay he's like what i see he's like where do you like train out i was like at that point i was still training by myself at home yeah so i was like oh i i train myself and stuff like that he's like okay <laughs> he's like you like you got he's like you got skill and he's like who and he's like he's like you got skill you got you like you got knowledge he's not you're not just throwing wild punches. You know how to be like straight with your punches and stuff like that. You know how to turn them over. And he's like, he's like, you have, you got some like, you got like good, like a good like uh, foreground or a good base, I guess. A good base, yeah. like something like to stand on. Something to stand on. I'm not coming in like not learn like teaching myself, but teaching myself like with complete bad habits. Gotcha. So it's like yeah. I have basic knowledge. So that was super cool. He, you know, like I said, he was super humble. He was super nice and stuff like that, which I greatly appreciate. Yeah. Um. How so? How, how is the? Do you still like train and and are you like in the gym constantly? Is that is that is that what you, is that what you do still or are yeah, you? Yeah, I still do. I still do it. You can see. Oh, okay. he has the, curv- he has the curvature. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. You see the curvature? Yeah, it's there. It's I have gone my nose. For those that can't crack. see, he he's been he's been punched in the face a couple times. <laughs> yeah, I've been punched in a couple of face. My nose is a little bit of curvature. He wears yeah, he wears but, that that battle scar with with pride. I do, but um, yeah, no, I train. So I train fighting and stuff like that. We're trying we're trying to get a fight. Mm-hmm. Got some got some got some stuff. Trying talking to some people, doing some cooking. We're trying to get something. Yeah, my ball, uh, my coaches wants me to fight on. Wants me to fight an influencer because okay. he thinks that I have more uh, drive and more knowledge than a lot of these influencers do. He's where he says he feels like a lot of these influencers don't uh, care as much. Oh, that's because he's also hundred percent. Yeah, they're there for the checks, you know. Like they're there for the checks. So he's like, he's like, dude, he's like, you're not. You, you're here for the love of it. And he's like, I think that you could go in. You don't have that entire background. Like you don't have a, a 15 year amateur background. You're going in training by yourself for two or three years, and then now basically a year and a half with coaches. Right. And so yeah, I do have two coaches at the UFC gym. I work with my coach Max. My coach Max is my main one. Mm-hmm. Um. He's uh, doing a lot of police academy stuff right now, so we're kind of looking at other coaches. But he's gonna be here till August, mm-hmm. so I'm working. So I'm working with him still. Coaching. He's he's uh, he has a background in amateur. He did some pro fights and stuff like that. Like he's he's been in the gym with Ryan Garcia. He's been like in the gym with uh, Boo Boo Andre. Mm. Um, he's so the he's, one that thought Andre was gonna be Benavides. I just had to put that out there. He was the one. He was like, because he because he knows yeah, he Boo Boo, obviously. He's like, yeah, like, he's like he's seen him fight a pool, so he's like, oh, I need give Benavides a good fight, which ended up not being the case. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> so, so I have him and then I have, a, I have a back, and then I have my backup coach, uh, um, coach JD. Yeah. He doesn't have, he has, has a lot of boxing groups being in a boxing gym growing up or stuff like that for football training and stuff like that. And he worked with like a pro fighter that, you know, I forgot the guy's name that he showed me and stuff like that. So he just has some background of that. Nothing, nothing, no, no crazy fighting experience. I get most of that stuff from Max. Yeah. What so, is, yeah, we've, was a typical day looker because obviously, like you go to school for film, like right. So, yeah. How many days a week do you train, and then what does uh, an average day look like for you? Like how how big is the workload? Balancing school, 
training and also doing like your own film stuff outside of school. Cause it's like, obviously you have like stuff like that are projects in class, but then if you want to go and do your own thing for say someone you meet in the gym, they're like, Hey, you know, come, come get some video of me training or like, you know, a Wayne or whatever the case is. They're like something for George. They're like, let's say George wants to reach out and he needs some yeah. more help. What does that look like for you typically? Oh, I don't, uh, it's, it's so, it, it's normally, normally during the day, um, I'll normally, I normally, uh, spar or not spar train, train and spar in the morning. I'll normally wake up and do all that stuff in the morning, about like eight or 9am normally. Um, and then after I do that for about to like 11, 12 ish, I'll come back here and then I'll do, um, most of my schoolwork, editing, videoing, whatever I have to do. It just kind of all changes. It's just, it, it's, it's so just like, I don't have a set schedule. I live life kind of like by the seat of my pants. Because it all depends on like it depends it depends on their schedule depends on my schedule depends on what I have coming up they yeah. have their own stuff they're trying to do so just it low key depends like sometimes I'll train in the morning sometimes I'm training midday sometimes I'm training in the evening sometimes I'm training super late at night sometimes I'm training at super five a.m. in the morning it yeah. just depends on like what depends on what's happening and stuff like that because like I said I do I were uh, I have my school so I'm doing all my projects like my own like student projects and helping with other people's projects. On top of like, I also work with, I work with George doing video stuff for George, doing his fight documentaries. I work with an influencer girl, Nikki Haru. Uh, she's hopefully fighting on Misfits Boxing. I don't know if you know about Misfits Boxing or not. The Dizone's influencer fight, mm-hmm. fight, uh, fight. Yeah, yeah. Misfits. Yeah. So she's working on fighting on Misfits soon. So yeah. we're working on a lot of video content for her. And then on top of that, I also, I'm an editor uh, at Second City Studios for the Wade Concept, The Breakdown, and Vidal Riley. Mm. So I do a lot of editing for like for them also and stuff like that. Some video work for them, stuff like that, if it ever comes up. But um, yeah, I do and a the lot NFL. Of that stuff. What was that about? You posted about the NFL, or is that like under wraps? I don't want to like. Okay, all right, never mind. You didn't hear from me. Durham, edit that out and post. All right, cool. <laughs> but, all right. Um, it's just what, stuff, that, stuff, that, stuff that's coming up. It's just stuff that's yeah. Up. What What was it like the first time you got punched in the face? Like what 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 is the <laughs> First time you sparred. I remember you told me the first time you sparred. Like, like what? What was that like? The the just the very first time you get hit and you're just like, okay. It it depends on where you get hit. Okay. I think it depends on where you get. So a lot of times I've been hit. Like I, when I first started sparring, I was just super like, like mm-hmm. this and stuff like yeah. that. So it'd be a lot of temple stuff, and that stuff wasn't that stuff didn't. I don't know. It didn't really affect me as much. It was just kind of like it would still hurt, and I would just be like, okay, like. Right. I'm expecting, I'm expecting this. Like, I know that like, this is what I have to do. Cause I know David for the longest time would always be like, dude, like you're not getting punched in the face. You're not like, that's a whole, it's a whole different level. Like ball game when you start getting punched in the face. Cause I would say I would hit a bag for two years by myself. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a difference. hundred percent. The right. face ones, face ones, those ones. Ooh. <laughs> when I got hit in the, when I got hit in the nose, yeah. the jaw. Right. Oh my, that was like a point where I was like, Oh Cause there's been some that like, I got like the nose one, the nose one bad. I, the nose one was bad. I was like, I felt yeah. it. I was like, Donk. and I was like, Oh, that didn't feel good. Or a jaw one. If you get hit like, straight in the, clean the jaw. Yeah. He's like, your, the way your neck, like, your neck slept. You're like, Oh, no, they're, they, it, they're hurts. And it was just, it was super eye opening and stuff like that. And it helped me realize that like, I had bad habits that drew from fighting mm-hmm. or boxing on a bag for so long that I yeah. do like to droop my hands and stuff like that. And I was always working on like doing like, kind of like working like styles and stuff like that. And yeah. like, that's one of my biggest things that Max always says. Max is always like, stop with that stupid style shit. And he's like, you like <laughs> punch me or like hit me or something like that. And he'll be like, don't do that. He's like, yeah. don't. He's like, that's your influence. That's your influencer, like watching influence fights, like coming out of you and stuff like that. Like trying to like 
You're already trying to do Philly shell, and it's like, the Philly, I was about to say the Philly shell, like just like stop, let's not. He's like, like you're not doing that, or like the one hand down, the one hand down. He's like, why? He's like, don't do that. He's like, right. hands up, hands up, sh- not squared, shoulder back, mm-hmm. hands up, and then he's like, yeah. work on doing the usual stuff. And he's like, once you get that down, then you can start embracing your styles. Right. And he's like, and I'm, I'm seeing you throw punches like overhand rights. Dude, you're not even throwing a jab like completely correctly. He goes, you don't mm-hmm. start throwing other punches. He's like, when I was in the gym, when he was like, when I was in the amateur gyms doing pros, he's like, my coach would not let me throw a single other punch until my jab was perfect. And so I was rotating and I'm throwing my jab and I'm moving yeah, over. Right. He's like, because you throw those other punches off a jab. You don't throw those punches out of nowhere. You throw those other punches off a jab. So if you don't have a jab, why are you get out of the ring? <laughs> what was that learning curve like when you first got to that gym and you got in touch with some coaches? What was it like those first couple weeks? And then when did you? Okay, because I know you sparred. You like you went down to La Mirada and you you like you sparred someone when you were there, like visiting Viola. Yeah. Um, but between then and then when you started training at the gym. What what was the, those first couple sessions like when they were like maybe working on like a bad habit you'd maybe develop because you were trained by yourself? Eye opening. Mm. It felt it was a difference of just like knowing because like now it's like I'm hearing about what I'm doing wrong. I'm getting like an outsider perspective because like I said when I, I sparred when I went down to visit La Mirada, it was a situation of I didn't have anyone. I'm just in there sparring a guy, so this guy could be doing stuff that's illegal. He could be throwing stuff that like. And like, he, I don't know what his experience was. It was just kind of like to get that experience. But like now I'm with these coaches and like, I'm also trying to see what I'm doing wrong. But like I said, if I'm doing multiple things wrong, I'm not going to realize every single thing that I'm doing wrong. So having that extra pair of eyes from the outside, watching me go in and stuff like that. So that once I come out of that fight, being like, yo, like work on this, tighten up this, work on like moving to your side more, work on spinning angles and stuff like that. And I'm seeing it now. Like I just did uh, a sparring session on, uh, was it Wednesday? Because I've been, um, I've had a cold this week, this weekend. So mm-hmm. I've been sparring. So I sparred Wednesday and Wednesday yeah. I sparred these bunch of guys and my coach Max came in and Max was watching me and he was like, you're, I love what I'm seeing. And he's like, he's like, you had one guy that was like reaching for shots and you're working on like, you're working on like, like stepping, like stepping back. And he's like, cause right now we're trying to work on capitalizing my reach. Because uh, him, him, and uh, his friend that he worked that he knows from the amateurs also, uh, Naj or something like that. Not Naj. She's a, a girl, female uh, professional fighter and stuff like that. And she's like nineteen fights. And so she's been. I've been working with her too. And she's like, she's like, I don't know why you think that you have the Mexican style. She's like, why are you trying to brawl and why are you trying to be on the inside? You have long arms that oh. every fighter would love to have. And she's like, you need to be at your range, jabbing their head off. She's like, you need to condition your your left hand to be able to throw jabs repeatedly. Over three minutes, you should be re- jabbing their head off. Be annoying. She's like, stick that shit in their face. Yeah. And so that's what we've been, we're, that's what we've been working on. It's like me just being rangy, me like making my range. And that last sparring session I did on Wednesday, I noticed it. I, I had this one shorter guy that I, he couldn't get close to me. He was flinging over and trying to get to me. He was trying to jab his way in the inside and I was just jabbing him. So that so it's we're, we're I'm starting I'm starting to like basically instead of just basically getting the basic knowledge and like trying to fine tune it, it's now I'm starting to learn the advanced stuff and really elevating my boxing IQ. Something that I couldn't do, but I'm, I'm reaching a point where like I hit my max by myself, the basics, and now we're taking it up a notch by leveling up my boxing IQ and really like 
understand how to change angles, like how to fight different, uh, like different, like going to southpaw if I need to, to like change up a style to confuse an opponent, mm-hmm. learning how to faint. Yeah. Learning how to fight like on the inside if I need to, but also trying to work on staying, my, staying backward and using my jab. It's like those different things. It's like it's it's leveling up my boxing IQ, which is which is making me smarter in the ring. And then also when I watch fights and I'm videoing, it makes it so much easier for me. True, true. Thanks. She said, she said you were using too much Mexican style. Like yeah, I mean, you noticed that that one spar that I, showed I was gonna say that makes like, sense. Like, you hang out with me too much, and we're always telling you all this like the Canelo, the Canelo <laughs> like school of thought, like just Eddie Reynoso. So, but I mean, no, because Trevor's tall. Trevor's like. Are you like six one? Six one. Yeah, he's six one. He's lanky. Yeah. You know? It's it's interesting you you know that your coaches tell you that because I remember watching this is what 2011. It's Bernard Hopkins versus um John Pascal. And Bernard Hopkins obviously but, I mean, at that time he was 46, but he comes from a like long, long amateur background, and he, you know he and then he went to jail for a while. But he's been doing it for so long, and I remember in that fight he he just jabbed John Pascal to death. And Max Kellerman, remember he said there's a there's a difference between the guys who who've done it for a long time and have stayed active and the guys who haven't because, and he said, and the way you can tell is the jab, the guys who throw the jab almost like it's second nature. And they're just those guys to them, it's muscle memory. And the guys who don't, the guys who can't get into fights and we're all yelling for them to get into the, get, get into the jab there's no muscle memory because they haven't done it. So it's interesting. You said that cause that, that took me back all the way to like Max Kellerman saying that in 2011, because it, it's so true. You see these guys who, who have no experience in doing the basic things and you'll see it in, you know, triple G had a bunch of these where this guy had such a, an extensive um, amateur background that he, he would go in there and his jab was just, it, it, it was almost like on automatic. Uh, so it's interesting that that's what they tell you because it, it's so evident when you're watching a fight who's done it a long time, who has the experience, who's right, who's not just having a camp because there's these fighters that don't train at all unless they're, they're in a camp and the guys that are just every day, they're living it, they're breathing it, they're, they're they're throwing punches even if there is no fight set set yet. They're just constantly in the craft and constantly just uh you know bettering their craft. Floyd was like super you know super known for that, just constantly working, constantly this this idea of just you're always perfecting your craft. Um is that because then the other side is the Julio Cesar Chavez Juniors of the world who are crazy, who don't care, who don't put in the work. And you can tell too, where there's talent and there's enough talent in there to make you believe there's something there. Adrian Broner, another one. There's enough Mm -hmm. talent there that that makes you believe. And, And really the knock is always, 
man, if you had what Floyd had, Adrian Broner would be the best ever. Dude. If if Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. had like 10% of the drive of his dad, he'd be amazing. Um, how much of that, like how much of the just the, the drive to just constantly every day um, perfect your craft is is mental and how much of it is is physical in what you've seen i feel like it's 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 i feel like it's mental i just feel like i feel like mm. the hard work the hard work i think will always outweigh the talent yeah mm. yeah i feel You're like right, i feel dude. like i feel like you can be talent you can be talented with your skill but if you're not hardworking towards stuff and like you're not determined on just perfecting everything, it's like you can easily a hard worker can easily overcome someone that's talented. Yeah. Because the talent, I think, I think being talented also like gives you the idea that you can be lazy. It's like, it's like oh, I'm already, I'm already talented. It's like, oh, do I really need to like work as hard as mm-hmm. someone like that? Do I really need to go yeah. as hard when someone's in the gym being like, I'm doing this because I love it and I want to improve it and be the best that I possibly could be. And that's going to take me working as hard as I possibly can in training every day. Yeah. And so that's just, that's just them hard working. So I just think that, yeah, hard working is always going to outplay it. And then back to like the, you made the comment about the jab and stuff like that. Yeah. As a coach, a coach in the UK that, um, that I, I follow on Instagram, take two boxes from, he was doing like a, a, a seminar for all of his, co- uh, his fighters in the gym. And they were like, they're like, you can win a fight with the jab. Yeah. He's like, he's like, a jab will take you around the world. Mm-hmm. having a good jab will take you around the world and like for example like when i says i i, I watch vidal riley my the, my the boxer i edit for i watch him fight and stuff like that he's he might not be jabbing all the time but his jab hand is always moving it's always like it's always mm. moving it's always like yeah. halfway out halfway in he'll be right. like full full jab he's always moving it so even it's like you're always being like oh is he gonna throw that jab is he gonna throw that jab yeah. it's like oh he's fainting oh no he's not it's gonna be a faint exactly like, a body he's jab. always throwing it and that's yeah. just conditioning like keeping that hand there, it's always moving instead of you being like this and like kind of moving like this. It's you just always being out here being like, Oh, 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 faint jab, jab, jab. And then like repeatedly, that's just all comes down to like cardio and just condition that you got to have in that arm. Yeah. Well, you have this lot, I think lots of loaded, ready to, ready to unload this whenever you right. want to. Dude, that's yeah. like, like, I mean, you hear stories about like, uh, like Belichick, right. Or Brady, or I mean, a lot of these guys, Kobe, for example, like, whenever they have some kind of like milestone win, they're just like, yeah, I'll be in, like, I'll take a week off maybe. And then like back at it, like back in the gym or like back, like on my own little routine, you know, or like, like Belichick was like, Oh, we, we played the Super Bowl, So we're already behind for like next season. It's like, dude, you're playing in the Super Bowl. Like, you know, take a break. But they're like, Oh yeah, I've already, I've already got to work on the off season, drafting players, like free agents. And it's like, but yeah, that's crazy about Broner, dude. Because Broner, it's like I remember, man. I remember when he was like hot. He was uh, when he beat like uh, like Pauli Malignaggi. He was like in his early twenties. The candy and man. Then, yeah, and then and then uh, to Maidana like just crushed him. And I was like, was that supposed to happen? Because this guy was like, they were saying that like, oh, the second coming of Floyd. Like this guy's got all the attributes. All the skills, like just oh, like yeah. I, I think the how do you guys feel about him fighting? Who Adrian Broner's Adrian Broner's still trying to fight. He's still I trying mean, to get fights. That ship is sailed. I think 
you know, fighters. I've always said this: fighters and rappers. I never <laughs> believe them when they say they retire because there's always checks yeah. to cash. And I, with Broner, I think that's that's the place he's at. I think it's one of the biggest disservices and insults for Floyd is saying anybody's the next Floyd. Cause I think it, I think because so many people don't like him and I, I, I think I'm one of the few um, people that like him in my circle. Cause you know, everyone just hates Floyd and I've always loved Floyd, but a lot of it is just the fact that there is no, there's no Google image of an overweight Floyd. This doesn't exist. He still he still trains every day. There's still oh, yeah. footage all the time of him still hitting pads. What's like he's not fighting? Why are you why do you still feel the need to hit pads? Yeah. It, so it's, it's like, just, he's just always working. It's, 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 it's all he knows, man. You know, like and I it's think just, it's, it's the love. It's the love. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And I think it shouldn't feel like homework to you. I mean, I'm not even fighting mm, and it's like I still go and do it six days yeah, a week. Right. It's like I'm, imagine if I was a fighter. Mm-hmm. Like, like if, if I'm doing this, I'm not even a fighter. It's like, dude, these fighters should be doing it more than I am or yeah. be like more loved for it. Yeah. yeah that's what they're doing. That's what their money's coming from. It's like, it should be a love. You should be like, once your fight's done, maybe, yeah, take a few, take like a few days, but then be like, back to work. You take your time off, you're a nine to five. You go back to work. Where even, even when you're taking off work, you know, cause I, I remember telling, I would tell my, I would tell my sister because she was like, man, like, how come he just always looks ready? And I told her, I'm like, like the difference between Floyd and everybody else. And obviously in that era was any, every other fighter goes into camp needing to lose weight. And that's object number one. I got to make weight. So you're already behind because you're going in there. I got to drop 10, 15, you know, 20, whatever. Floyd's going in there at at weight. He's already, he's in fighting weight already. So while you're trying to make weight, Floyd is eating KFC. He's eating McDonald's. He's waking up at two in the morning. He's running. He's laughing. And he can enter all these mind games because he's not worried about making weight. He's, he's made it. And so, and it's why you'll hear a lot of these fighters be like, man, that was a, that was a tough camp. And a lot of the times is the weight, the weight was the tough part. And you see, you know, like Ryan Garcia versus tank, he signs this like crazy, you know, like clause and he shows up and you're like, dude, this guy is this guy looks done. The fight the hasn't money. even started and you're already like, you're already like, Oh man, there's no way. And I think that kind of mentality that the, the mentality that Floyd had is unmatched. Cause that not even Canelo has it, not even that discipline. Canelo doesn't have that discipline to stay away from like alcohol. And I'm going to go to the club, but I'm not going to get, I'm not going to put anything in my body. That's going to affect me. And I think that requ- that requires a, a like such a different level of discipline and, and love willpower. for the craft. Yeah, because 
it's not like Floyd was is a choir boy. It's not like he was like going to church on Sundays and like, oh no, I, I'm not around it. Like the dude like opened up a strip club. So he was he's in the party scene. It's just he just refuses to like you know succumb to whatever is put in front of him because to him well, the main thing is the main thing. That's why I mean I think that's one of the big reasons why he still does these exhibition fights. <laughs> it's because he loves the sport that much. Even though they're like they're like there's no winner. Dude, right. he's just in there still showing his skill. He's still in there mm-hmm. doing what he loves. That's what it yeah. comes down to. He, he's just doing what he's passionate about. So we can all knock him for doing these exhibitions. Oh, why are you doing another one? Why are we watching another one with no winner? It's like, dude, he doesn't care about any of our opinions. He's just no. like, I get to go in there and do what I love. Yeah. The only guy like, I think that is on that is probably Manny Pacquiao. Even though he does like the like the politician thing, but it's like that guy, like, I don't think I've ever seen him like chunky either. Like he's like he's, he's always like yoked and like ready to go. And I'm like, when you hear about his training, he do like yeah, but me- me- mentally though, there there is a different. There's been a different Manny, mentally. Yeah, yeah, and yeah that, that's sure. what I mean. I, like obviously, he 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 lives clean and he like cared about the craft. But I I think even mentality wise, it's. Floyd is. I don't think a, Floyd's ever changed it. Was at a different level. I think he. The, I think he. I think it's why when he says he's the best ever, I don't cringe. I don't agree. But it. it I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Although, I mean, I think pound for pound, Pacquiao was better. Because Pacquiao yeah, yeah, yeah. more, obviously. But it's why, like, I, I don't think it's like this ridiculous thing because it's like, well, right. I mean, uh, I don't know, maybe. And it's why, yeah. it's, it, and it's different with Floyd. Yeah, I think it's so different. So whenever, like, Shakur Stevenson, who retired, we're waiting for him to retire, uh, yeah. says, like, oh, I want to be like Floyd. And it's like, ah, no, you don't. Shut uh, up. Yeah. Shut up. Um, He's an interesting dude. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I... <laughs> he retires off that... We talked about some the last one. We're like, dude, this is so... Because his tweet was like, oh, I going to help the prepare gym. the next generation. We're like, you are the next generation. What are you talking about? Like, that doesn't make any sense, dude. Like, he's, he's 26. He's on the next, next one. Yeah, and he was like, I'm still gonna, he's like, I'm talking about I'm still going to train. We're like, so you're, be, you're probably still going to fight then. Don't I'm going to be in the... I'm going to be in the gym forever. Okay. Yeah, I, like, I don't know if she. I don't know if she'd be retiring on that last performance that you got oh, ridiculed by everyone in the boxing scene for having that fight. He looks so bad. He looks so bad. And I, I, David, you know, David knows. I, I've been on Shakur Stevenson's like corner, and even I was like, dang, he looked like that, that was, was not a good look. Yeah, that was awful. What? Well, he said he's his claim was if if you guys think that what he was doing in the ring was running, you don't know boxing. That's what, that's what his statement was. My thing, my thing was like, dude, if because didn't he like injure his hand or something? Yeah, but he that, didn't want to say that. That's what I'm saying. I was pissed because I'm like, dude, like, dude if you just, injured your just, hand, just, just say you injured your hand. I'll feel better knowing that you gave that performance because like you're you yeah. couldn't. Boxing full ability because of like an injury that would make sense, but but if you were in there like full strength, like you said, and that's what you did, I'm like, 
that was pretty whack. Okay, come yeah. on, dude. Like, I, like, glad I didn't pay to watch that. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> well, it was free. Nobody had to pay. Yeah, yeah. But then he's uh, also there. He's there with like Crawford and like Andre Ward, and I'm like, that's what you yeah. did, bro. Come but on. But I, man. I think it's, I think one of the Crawford, what, the man that's gonna fight Canelo next. You really think so? You you think that's what's happening? Ah, uh, here we go. Because that's uh, that's the like rumor, right? The rumor on the street is Dude, there's, there's so there's so Crawford. much talking about it. I think it's I feel like it's gonna be. I feel like they're just building up to it. I feel like they're gonna do it. I feel like there's not the way they're talking. I think that they don't want to just make the fight now. They want to build up to it. I think they want to add some history to it. So by having the talk and stuff like that, and like having a slower build up to it, I think that we're gonna see the fight. Wait, so you think won't shut like, up about it now. Charlo and Crawford, or they're building up to Benavides, or they're building up to Crawford? No, to Crawford. I feel like they're going to build up to Crawford. I mean, I'll watch this, it, but... Am I wrong to say I just have no interest in watching that? Like, obviously, I'm going to watch it. I'll give Canelo my money, <laughs> but... I'll give Canelo my money, yeah. I... Well, what's your reason for it, though? Just because of how much he's going to be coming up in weight? Because that's gonna be that's gonna it's, be that's, it's the I built it's, it's the built-in criticism no matter what happens. Like it's just, I just I just feel like it's one of those fights that sounds like awesome on paper, and you can and we and you talk about them you're like oh man, but and then you and then you forget biology, you forget that like you know the, there's weight classes for a reason, and 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 you, Crawford is an amazing fighter, amazing fighter. But biology is real. That's, I mean, science is a real thing. Yeah. And obviously, I'm not expecting him to not believe in himself because that's not what fighters do. Right. But it's like, man, like, they're, if they get in the ring and then Canelo just, like, run, runs through him, much like Triple G ran through Kell Brook. And even though Kell Brook... Even fits... Yeah, and Kilbrook, yeah. I think in many yeah. cases put the blueprint out on how to beat Triple G. Triple G like tore his entire eye socket. Like Kilbrook was never the same after that. And I think like, well, it, is that what we want to see? Is that like because Canelo does it? They're like, well, yeah. I mean, he was like, look how many he came up all that way. Like, what if Canelo would have gone down? He would have never gone down. I just thought uh, there's no winner there. For Crawford or Canelo, no. I, I see your, I see wins. your argument. Neither I guy your wins. Argument. Neither guy wins. So that's but why all I, I see. All I see on social media is just people that were like, at first, everyone's yeah. everyone was like, dude, we don't. Why, why are we seeing this fight? It's weight categories for a reason. But I feel like as they're like talking about it, yeah. everyone's kind of the noise is starting to. People are kind of being like, well, they're they're both really good boxers. It's be kind of like a huge, like boxing fight that we have. I, but like, I, I think the, the thing. Yeah. I think like the like what Jerm said, it's like I don't really want it, but I'll watch it. And they're at the point where they're like, I'll watch it. So they're like, sure, if you make it, we'll watch it. But no, know. but I, I agree with Trevor because I've seen a lot of the like, I don't know, these two guys top of their games, and it's just like are, for real? Like, is this <laughs> I, I I wanna see him, but I wanna see Benavides. That's what I want. Me too. To see. No, me too, yeah. That's I I'm, just, I'll I'm take, also I'll curious take like, and there's been no fight. There's been no fight outs yet for any of them. So like what's going on behind the scenes? The That's what I'm saying. Plan, 
bro, it's it's February, bruh. And then okay, I'm just cl- bro. I commented on one of Canelo's pictures. I was like, dude, who are you fighting? Nay, please. That's what I'm like, saying. Like, like, they might have they might have been looking to, they might have been looking for like Charlo yeah. or something like that. And maybe they decided they're looking toward Crawford. I don't know because I'm like, dude, I feel like we should have gone something at this point. Anything. Bro. Bro. The original like, what's plan going on back there for us was to have you on when Canelo made an announcement. And so this is like weeks ago. So we're like, yeah, by the end of January, like we'll have a fight. And then like, uh, it's, it's February. It's about to be February was, 6th. And we're like, so what was it? Like, I think the set since December. So we'll end the pod. And right before we end the pod, we do like this, like final thoughts segment. And it's like, whatever. You know, it a doesn't have to anything, be whatever yeah. you want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, lately, I've been ending it on the Lakers. That's been like my my final thought. But yeah. the last, the last, that since December, we've been like, so Canelo hasn't said anything, huh? That's in since December. Yeah, we're in February. This is February fifth, and the, yeah, it's crazy. And and then we'll so, see like his stories for like his drinks. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I'll try your drinks. <laughs> but when are you fighting, bro? Like I. I want to enjoy the drink during a fight. I'll have a Jamaica, like you know, when you're pay, beating that I ass. You know what I mean? But I don't know. So much money yeah. to be a fly on the wall oh in God. that discussion room. I want to see what is being said. Like, what are their reasons? What are their arguments for like yeah. choosing? Because they, because like they have to, like they were like saying that like they came out and they're like, oh, these these PVC deals, but like there's now like I, I just they're going back and forth. I think they're. I they probably had maybe the Charlo fight was supposed to be made and then everyone's like oh maybe they're like oh maybe Benavidez now because everyone's giving him shit to fight Benavidez yeah but now yeah, Crawford's getting noise he, Crawford's getting noise now so are they like oh maybe maybe we should just do it now instead of letting it later yeah because like what if Crawford has a bad performance what if Crawford gets schooled by Boots yeah. or like gets schooled by someone or something like that it's like yeah. oh that fight's dead in the water it's like or should we just make that fight now because I think that's that's I was thinking that the other day I'm like what what if they floated out the Charlo thing. And everybody was Just like, me. get the hell out of here with no, that. What are yes. you talking about? And they're like, okay, okay. Not, not Charlo, not Charlo. <laughs> I was going to say, let's put off some feelers. And based on the backlash, we'll go through with the fight or not. And we were all like, absolutely nobody wants to see that fight. Like, we're all stupider because you suggested that fight to us. Um, <laughs> you know, like that's, and it's like, they're like, well, you know what? Yeah, we're not going to do Charlo fight. Trevor, how much have you seen on the boxing business side of it? Like, how much, like, how much of it have you witnessed? Not that much. Not that much. Okay. Not that much. I've like, I've heard of like some of George's stuff. Like, I remember when like George said that there was like, like the most I think I've heard was that like George. One day I was there and he said like, oh, tomorrow like match match room and I think top rank. So people were coming to like see yeah. some of the fighters at knockouts and stuff like that. And he's like. I got to put on a show and sparring tomorrow to like hopefully get a fight with one of them and stuff like that. And then he was asking me, he was like, what's your opinion about if I had to, if I got a contract from both, which one should I do? And I was like, I was like, Ooh, that's, that's, that's a interesting discussion. If I had to choose between top rank or match room, I was like, what would I choose? And I was like, so we, that's like, that's like the farthest thing I've gone. It's kind of like, like us yeah. going back and forth about which one I would recommend. Did I, I see like, match room? Jim, would you, I would have said match room in the United States. Top rank top rank especially because he's he's a he's a you know he's of mexican descent and top yeah. rank knows how to market those guys. market to the to the mexican fans yeah, yeah. 
that's what I was. That's, that's what I said. I was like, I was like, I just feel like if you want to stay in the U.S., I just feel like Top Rank's the way to go. Yeah, especially because he. But I feel like Matchroom. I feel like Matchroom was better opposition. Yeah, I think Matchroom gets you on TV faster because you know the zone and stuff like that, but. I think because he's willing to do like documentary stuff and he's willing to get on, on like, you know, social media and do stuff like that. I think top rank would be perfect because that was, that's one of Bob Arum's biggest, biggest beef with fighters is when they don't want to promote themselves and they don't want to do their end of the bargain to, to kind of sell these fights. And it's something that wouldn't happen with him, you know? And I think that's, that's why I would pick top rank. Cause yeah. And I love Eddie Hearn, but that, that was, that was gonna be my only thing. I was like, I love Eddie. Eddie you know? Yeah. Just yeah. Want to hang out with Eddie. <laughs> yeah. That's it. dude. Just, I mean, either way, either way, they're both, I think they both, they both have their benefits. Yeah. yeah There's not course. one side that's better than the other. They both have their benefits depending yeah. on like how you take it in the big way. And hey, so, so he, did, he, he got guys, top rank. Yeah. Did you guys see? I haven't even looked into it, so I don't know. But um, Tyson Fury got cut in sparring. Have yeah. you guys seen pictures? Is that a yeah. thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say, it's what a, it's, a bad, it's, a, it's a bad cut. It's yeah. A he, bad released, cut. he released the pictures today. It was like it was like it was like yeah. it was like right here. Yeah, yeah. It was really bad. I was gonna say, what if they faked the cut because like the fight had no hype and it was gonna be in like two weeks? You know, well, he he already re- they already released the update. It's May eighteenth, right? Eighteenth, yeah, yeah. The scheduled fight, yeah. Um, I gotta give credit. Somebody, I, I scrolled past the video of like when the cut happened, and I was like, oh, I'll watch that later. But then I was like, oh, they got a new date because I remember Jerm was like, oh, that fight's like on the seventeenth, and I'm like, I haven't heard anything about it. Like yeah. no, nothing, no press conference, no smack talk. And then okay, all right, all right. Okay, I Tyson, I don't know. No, no, his cut. And I gotta give credit. The Saudi Arabia is putting on like. Do you? I saw. I watched the MMA fighting interview with. Uh, I don't know how you say his name. But I don't want to butcher it. <laughs> the the head Saudi guy. He was like. He was like. Oh, like. We already have like May 18th. It's already. It's already done. We already have a new date book. Like, he was like. He was on it. That fight ended. He's like new date. He he wanted no time for like to sit there and negotiate and have something happen. Yeah. He's like maybe May, May 18th. He, he was on it. I'm gonna go ahead and say that I'm pro the Saudi fights because they have not a time and I can watch them during the day on Saturdays. So you know, typically, typically, I always miss the fights, dude. I know, but there's been a point where it's like, dude, if they're all the way over there, it's like I'm never gonna be able to go to like a big one like that. I think like pop, I've got to like pop off of my video stuff to be able no, to like, get yeah, blown out there to like because like I just like coming like, home from work on Saturday and then it's like. Oh, Usyk's fighting. Cool, you know. And then it's like, and then I can go and like do my thing, you know. But that's valid. I, I see your. But that's, that's lazy. But also, it's like it's it also like the fans. The fans aren't there. You're not yeah. getting any fan base or hype. The, the day of reckoning was a sick event. I watched the event. It was a sick card. It was a sick event. But the, it was dead in that arena. Well, there was no it was, it was. dead. There was yeah. no one in the arena. <laughs> it's just because like, no one can pay to go out to Saudi people. People aren't going to fly out there. Mm-hmm. All the time, it's it's just all it is is just big stars going out there to go sit there and be like, oh, Ronaldo's watching the fight. <laughs> it's like, whoa, cool. But it's like, where's yeah, it's your boy, Jim. It's your boy, Ronaldo. Where's the fans? Happy birthday, Ronaldo! Yelling? It's his birthday today. It's his birthday, really? Happy birthday! Yeah. Shout out to him, dude. What's up? So it's like, it's I'll, like, I'll go. Like, I'll go to Saudi Arabia and watch the fight. I can blend in. You know, I'll, you know, 
go out the beer a little more, you know? I But I, I agree with Trevor. I think those fights need to be where, where the fans are because that's the whole point. The atmosphere and everything that, that, that goes yeah. into it. It just... It's like, how are, tic- how are ticket gates doing? That's what I want to know for like events like that. It's like, they're throwing money toward these events, but I'm yeah. like, you're not. That's like, I was like, how much money are you actually making off these fights? Cause I'm like, are you just relying on pay-per-views? Cause you're not going to get ticket sales because no one's going to the fights. Well, I'm we should sure. Go to the fight. Well, I'm sure it's one of those things where the Saudis just, you know, they don't care. They don't want to have the fight there. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah. I, don't I think they kind of just negotiate the purse. You get this much, yeah, you I get mean, this much. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it'll be, be the you gotta, it's June first. Yeah. They're like yeah. loaded, so you got to think. Oh, we we just pay them. The undercard. I love the. We undercard get to watch the fight. fight there. That is that. I think the most fight, I've, the most hyped I think I've been for an undercard is that Bidabi versus um, Bivol undercard. The Matchroom Five versus the Queensberry Five. Mm, yeah, I think it's kind of a sick idea. I like I, idea. I, I'm I'm excited for that fight too because I think we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot about Bivol. Mm. Because yeah, I'm gonna go to the grave believing if Canelo through through the jab he w- he he wins that fight. He would have won. If he wasn't vegan, vegan, he would have no won. Vegan like, diet. I was about to say the vegan diet. It's the vegan diet. Yeah, um, and he didn't look that great in his last fight. And I think you know th- we're gonna learn a lot about that. Linden. That Lyndon Arthur guy did absolutely nothing. He there was there was no opposition there, germs. <laughs> I know, was, but it was a Bivol, I know, town. I know, but Bi- I don't know. It just I wasn't convinced by Bivol. He just it just I don't know. It just it, it was he was just lacking. I don't know. I, I left that fight feeling like yeah, all right, whatever. And I get <laughs> it. It was, it was one sided. I get it. He he could have you know that. You know, a sack of potatoes. He would would have probably been. But <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, Bibble couldn't like. I think that he was basically just like, I'm just here, man. I'm just gonna box and just box him up. He just, and it didn't look like he was like really trying that much. To be honest, the guy was just this, not doing anything. Yeah, I, I know. I just feel like I think guys, Bibble even said he was like that was an easy fight. <laughs> that was that was nothing. I just feel like really top guys know how to carry another guy to. To a good fight, you know, where because yeah. Triple G started to do that, where he began to let guys hit him, you know, and like it was like, oh, he's getting hit, he's getting hit, and obviously it was all yeah. like, yeah. So, and I'm like, oh man, Bibble couldn't carry this bum to like showcase something more. Um, Who do you think is gonna win it? Who do you think is gonna, do you think Bibble will get it? Originally, I had Bibble, but after that Bibble performance, I'm like, I don't know. I haven't I haven't decided yet for a prediction an early prediction. Even though Bitter Biev's old, I think he like Yeah, I'd go with I, with with be, better beef. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm I think dude. I like I, I like I like him in that fight a lot. Just because he's been he's been very active and yeah. And it's older guys need to stay even more active. He's 39, I think. So he yeah, I, I just and his style is very. If he fights the way he fought Callum Smith, obviously, because you know that that was a different guy. If he's the right. closer, then I I don't know how Bivol gets him gets him off of him because it just 
that, that goes Bill's like not power, Bill, Bill's, not, Bill's not a power puncher. No, not at all. Not at so all. So I'm, like, I'm like, I think that's the only way that you're going to be able to stop <laughs> that bulldozer that's coming towards you, bro. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> so I'm yeah. just like, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know about that one. I'm like, I was like, I think, I think that Bill is going to be in for a real trouble. Yeah. Because um, I think it was like a, a bigger, like a bigger Canelo, basically. Yes. Yes. Mm. He's just a, he's just a bigger Canelo, so it's like I agree. I agree. Yeah. Do it for but Canelo. You're, you're for tree. Do it for Canelo, <laughs> dude, dude. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, what's the what's the difference between like you know what's the difference that you've seen between the mentality of the fighter when they're sparring, or is there a difference? when somebody is sparring and when someone's in a fight, like in terms of just like in the ring, obviously there's all the like other stuff that goes on the day of the fight. But like in terms of like, I'm going to get in here to spar. Cause it's still, you know, some, someone's still throwing punches at me. I'm, I still have to like, you know, care about this. I can still get hurt. And what what's is there a difference between that and the mentality that you've seen from fighters when they actually step into a ring for an actual fight? Ah, uh, I think it depends on the fighter. Mm. I think there's some. I think there's some fighters that kind of go out there and are like, "I'm just here for like the ring experience and just to have like that more just like fights under my belt." So they kind of just will go at it. They'll just duke it out mm. just to get that like experience and just like yeah. taking punches with the head gear on, just taking punches and just kind of building like I guess durability. In okay. a way, they're kind of building a durability. Yeah. But then there are all the fighters that I think are super technical that go in that are like, I got to focus on working on this. What did I do wrong in the last fight that I'm going to work on making sure that I incorporate into these spars so when I go into a fight, um, I'm prepared. And I think that's the difference. I think that it's just like, who's here to who's here to brawl? Who's here to duke it out? And who's here to like really like focus on the sweet science? And like really like hone in on like the different like skills and stuff like that. I think that's what it mostly depends on. Yeah. Um, but you'll see the guys that go in there wanting to brawl. You'll see the guys that go in there wanting to just to duke it out and take hits and stuff like that. And you'll see people that go in there that are like, Oh, he's gone faster. Oh, he's gone more powerful. Oh, he knows how to like, he's switching stances more. It's like, Oh, he knows how to use his, he's using his jab way more. Oh, he's yeah. unloading. He's unloading that right hand. Now he's unloading that right hand. And he's like, he's got some pop in the right hand. It's yeah. like, those are the different things that it's like, and I think that's the way you should be doing it. I don't think durability and is the way to go with that. That could win you some fights, but I don't know if that's going to get you around the world or where you want to go. I mean, you got to hone in those skills. Right. Because um, I think, like, for example, it's like I was talking to um, one of my bosses for Second City Studios, and I was mentioning, we were talking, like, because he was talking about an idea of, like, doing, like, a Jake Paul video and stuff like that. And I was, like, and he was, like, kind of, like, deciding on, like, what he wanted to go with it. And I was like, I think you got to go in that this guy, like, even though like he's probably never going to reach a world-class level or a world championship, like he says, it's like, at least he's going in now wanting to learn more techniques and he's wanting to go in learning more. Like that's why he brought in Danny Smith. That's why he's brought in Larry. Um, what's his name? <sighs> Larry Wade, Larry Wade. Like he's why he's bringing in these guys for like more strength and conditioning boxing for boxing and like learning more skills wise. Cause he felt like with BJ Flores, he was just like, oh, he just wanted to do a load all the time. And it's like, it just did. Once it didn't work on Tommy, he was like, oh, crap. This is, I'm in a shit show right now. Yeah. So it's kind of like, and I think that's where it comes down to. It's like, I think that, that brawling style can get you pretty far. Cause if you put a lot of pressure on a fighter, 
and they, you stay snap or they, you kind of break them down and stuff like that brawling. But if someone knows how to use their jab right and keeps you off of them, it's like, you're going to be stuck in a position where it's like, Oh, I can't do anything. Yeah. And I think, especially, I think I think a great example of that is kind of Oscar Valdez versus Shakur Stevenson. Mm. Yeah. I feel like you consistently saw Oscar trying to get in there and like brawl and like throwing, I feel like he was throwing the same shots over and over again. And like I said, Shakur's just like jab and just keeping him off and slipping shots yeah, like that. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, that's the thing. It's not like, it's like, you got to like kind of work on a different style choice. You got, you, you didn't approach that fight the right way at all, Oscar. And yeah. I think that's why it was a one-sided beat down towards Shakur, like with, with Shakur on Oscar. I blame that last on Eddie Brain also. 100%. Um, when you, when you see, when you've been in the corner, what's the, what do you think is the most effective way to communicate to a fighter? Cause I, 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 you know, you sometimes see this, these trainers who are like giving out these like crazy, like speeches and you're like, bro, there's no way your fighters listening to you. There's no way. Right. Nope. It's, it's hundred percent. The motto Keep it simple, stupid. Right? It's just like boom. That's boom, what it has. Boom, to, that's boom, what it has right? to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's I don't because I'm I'm seeing it. And I'm like I uh, this is me from an outside perspective, and yeah. it's like a fighter might be able to advise, I give you more opinion on it. But if you're sitting there and you just got your face pummeled in, you're not going to sit there and retain in a paragraph statement being like, <laughs> hey, like this is kind of like, hey, this is what you got to work on. It's yeah. like use your chat, like, like keep it minimum. It's like you're going to hear those yeah. three words and be like, got it. Not like, because you're, dude, if I'm hearing a paragraph, I'm going to be sitting there being like, oh, dude, is this fight over yet? Oh my goodness. We still got to keep going and stuff like that. It's like, you're going to, you're going to tune out. <laughs> or uh, the, this, the, this is the, position, the funny ones are the, where the guy's getting just outclassed and the guy gets all mad at him. What are you doing? And you I could just picture the guy be like, dude, why don't you get in there, man? Like, I, I'm, yeah, the like getting, the, I'm the one getting my face beat. But I feel in. like you got to be, I feel like you got to be like, not super like screaming at him, but I feel like you got to be like a little bit aggressive and be on your front foot when you're talking to your fighter in for the corner. Sure. For sure. Because I feel like if you're too like caring and kind, I don't think it's going to affect them. And it's like, just don't be like, do better. Like what the hell? Or, like be like, Dude, you need to use your, you need to use your jab. You're not using your jab enough. It needs to be a like, stern, I was say. Yeah. but it needs to be straight to their face. And you for have sure, to for sure. That. But it can't be like a reprimanding, you know, it's like, yeah, I can't you're be reprimanding. Doing- it, and that's where it, to me, it's always funny because they'll like start like lecturing the guy and you're like, Hey, you don't have that much time. And right, he, right. There is no way this guy's listening to you while you're like yelling at him while the other guy's like punching his face off. And it's just like, why? Like, just keep it super direct, like jab move. Like one to two senses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just, just these bullet points where they go in there because there's no way, there is no way anybody's like retaining, listening. Yeah, I got all that. Yeah, and understanding, especially being like not even just like being like dazed. Like if like imagine you got like clipped in a fight or rock. <laughs> it's like sitting in that corner, dude. You're trying to clip your stars back. You're like, you're like, okay. And it's like, it's like, if like, and like, no one's gonna be able to stand that. So it's like, I feel like you should yeah. sit down and just be like, hey, use your jab and change your angles right get around him make be get around him like yeah make it spin around make him work like it's like cut the ring off like cut ring off unload that right hand like just just keep it simple yeah. just lay it there be like hey this is what you gotta do when you when you were in the corner how much of the crowd can you hear from there 
Can you hear everything? Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty noticeable. You see, there's the thing. So okay. this is what I think it's pretty noticeable in my opinion, but also I wasn't yeah. fighting, but also when I spar at the UFC gym, depending on what room I'm sparring in, I'm either sparring in one of the small, like red or blue rooms, which is like a room that's kind of closed off. Yeah. Or if those five rooms are taken for jujitsu, for jujitsu training, I'm sparring in the octagon, in the octagon, in the middle of the gym, oh, which man. sparring. Yeah, the big room. Yeah, yeah. You got, you got eyes. Yeah, 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 of course. And I think, my opinion personally, I think it's beneficial. Oh, of course. Yeah. I think it's sense. beneficial because I'm now finding myself tuning, tuning people out. Yeah. And I've heard fighters say that as soon as they go in there, they tune out the crowd. And I think that that comes with just like the more experience you have and stuff like that. Because when I go, sometimes, sometimes I'm sparring, it's dead empty in there. Like there's no one really, everyone's kind of doing their workout. But if I go, like if I'm sparring, like let's say four or five peak time for a gym, people are all in there like working out and stuff like that and like yeah. training and doing stuff. And you'll have like kids in there and stuff like that. And people are screaming and yelling. They're watching you spar and you'll hear comments being like, oh, look, he's getting beat up right now. Oh, He's like pushed up against the corner and yeah. it's like, it's like, and so th- those things can be affecting, I think, but like now it's like, I kind of just go in there. I was kind of like, I'm just here just doing what I need to do. Yeah. It's kind of like static noise. You're like, all right. Kind of static. Like, noise, I, yeah. I assume like a basketball player might have that similar effect. Like when they're shooting like free throws where it's like, they're just, it's just them. And they're like, everyone's just kind of like just bearing down on them with like noise, but it's like, at some point, I bet they tune it out because like they hear it all the time when they're like playing games and stuff, you know. But yeah, because you do see, like I, I've seen fights where the guy, you know, Floyd. I remember when Floyd fought um, what's his name, the dude that headbutted him, Victor um, Ortiz. Victor Ortiz. Victor Ortiz. And they're walking out. I remember Victor Ortiz comes out, and you could just tell he realized, like, I'm in a Mayweather pay-per-view. Like, this is huge. Right. You know, because the crowd is bigger, like, the roar, the cameras, you know, there's just, like, the big old, like, cam- you know, camera in front of him, and he's just walking, and he's just like, oh, and you could just see his face, his eyes are just like, oh, man, this is big time. And then you see, God, like... Kind of like deer in headlights kind of vibes. Like there's yeah, kind of like and you see like Floyd and Floyd just another day in the office. We just hear. Just I kind of got that vibe from uh unfazed. Canelo and Triple G, the first fight. Like yeah, Canelo yeah, was fine. And Triple G was a little like he did a little more tense than usual. Yeah. It's like, oh, it was his first like big, big, big fight, you know. Yeah. Like yeah, you saw that too. So it just in that one too. So it just it, it, it kind of gets to these like points where you need the crowd noise. You need to get used to fighting in front of people so that it doesn't affect you. So you're able to tune it out, but yeah, I'm sh- but there's levels to it, but yeah. So I, I, I definitely agree with you, uh, Trevor, that I'm sure it helps so much to fight in front of like people as, as you, as you move up, because. Cause I think that like, like star power, star power, I think not star power, like, but like eyes watching the lights being on you a hundred percent affecting. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can incorporate that, I think it, I think it would help as people like enter their fights, fight or second fight. And like having that, like not having the stage fright or not letting that moment hit you as hard. Yeah. I think no matter what the moment's going to hit you, because the double, right, the impact, the du- double, the amount of numbers and stuff like that, but having that smaller audience 
watching you and stuff like that, even as you're sparring and making mistakes. Yeah. Because like that's the point is that you're sparring, you're learning how to make those mistakes so you don't make them in the ring. So it's like you're at those points, you're being more vulnerable. Yeah. In people's eyes. They're seeing like the person like that's not going into this fight trying to be perfect. It's the one that's going in that's trying to work on and getting out their little bad habits, their little like yeah. issues, problems they have and stuff like that stuff they got to work on. Because we're all still trying to still trying to learn, all trying to improve, all trying to get to the top. You know which scenarios kind of like seem intense as I'm looking like from the outside, just because of like how uh, small it is, I guess. But like um, the Ultimate Fighter shows, like when they fight, it's like your whole team is there watching you and your coach and Dana usually, and it's like it's a small enough audience that like you can hear them if they're like talking smack to you directly. Whereas like if it's a big fight, if you hear like crowd noise, it's just like a giant like conglomeration of like everybody but i feel like if it's just them in the room like like for example like like when conor mcgregor was like a the when he was first a coach on there he was like always like yeah like he, he was kind of a bad coach but he was like yelling at his fighters and i'm just like dang it must suck to be those guys in there and connor's like screaming his head off because you're like you're, you're getting cooked right you're getting beat up it's like he's it's just it's McGregor, him, you know what i mean like it's you can hear him directly or like if it's a big fight it's like but I think oh, it's also, yelled, you know, it's also different because that audience is people that know what they're watching. Yeah. So their criticism is, is yeah, because yeah, 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 it's one thing if somebody says like, oh man, that guy sucks. Like if I say that in the gym and they're like, okay, well, like, yeah, yeah. but if Conor McGregor's like, dude, you suck, dude. Like it holds more weight, and I think yeah, that, you're oh like, yeah, that's that <laughs> environment. Tell you that too. <laughs> that environment is different because there, there's no fight like that. They're, you're never fighting um, in a real fight. You're never fighting with just like fighters in the audience, right? Watching you, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think it, it's that's a, all, I think it's the, the only situation I can think of that ever happening is the UFC when they have their fights at the Apex. Mm. Oh yeah, those are small, yeah. Yeah. Those are those are small, and it's, I think only fighters or like certain people can get in there, anyways. So at that point, yeah, it'd basically the same thing as like you said, like someone saying like, "Oh, you suck when the crowd." It's one of your fellow fighters or like a guy that like works at the UFC. Yeah, yeah, dude. Have you, you like have you seen like when you were ringside for George's fight? Like, did you see like sweat flying off them when they were getting hit? Like, just like they someone ate a shot, and you're like, "Oh, I heard, I heard it!" Like in person, because like it's something for us to I hear know. on TV, but it's like. When you Not hear someone sweat. eat a shot and you're like, good God, that was like, you know, no, there was out. one, there was one, there was one that I think George, George hit with a good overhand, right. And I heard it. And I was like, I was like, that sounded like a gunshot. Oh, and the guy that was in there, the guy that he was in there was a dog. So like he yeah. took that and I was like, I was like, goodness gracious. how he took that hit. I was like, wow. But it was, it was like a, it's like, you just hear that. And it's like, oh. the echoes. dude, I, that's what I'm saying. Like there and I've and I've been hit with blood. I've been hit yeah. with sweat. Oh. Dude, remember the when blood, blood, blood was judging. Out, uh, the blood was judging. The blood was ju- when I was oh. judging. I remember I got something splattered me, and I was like, "Oh, it's sweat." And I, picked, I like rubbed my head. And I went, <laughs> and I was like, "That's not blood. Or, that's, that's not sweat. That's not sweat." Right. Dang, dude. I want to go watch a boxing fight, like a, like in person. We we, we almost went to one and. I wish we had gone. Like it was, it, so it was a. Uh, it was the one in Fresno, right? The one in Fresno. It was in Fresno, was like, and it was it was a uh, Mikey, Mikey Garcia. 
Yeah, and like Sandro Martin. Yeah. That was that was before. Uh, uh, I think Mikey only had the one loss to Errol. Oh, okay. And then he fought Sandro Martin. It was in Fresno, and it was cheap. It was like thirty bucks or something like to go. Yeah. And we were like, was oh, that the we one that go. he had the big layoff? Wasn't the one that he had the big? They had the big layoff. Wasn't he gone for like out of the? Yeah, he was gone for like three. Yeah, I, well, after Errol beat him, he took like a like didn't fight for a while, and then yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, came back, but I wish I'd gone, dude. Because Mark Castro was on that card too. Because I wanted to go because of Mark Castro. Mark Castro, that's right. Uh, he's on, is he's he on still undefeated? Is he still? Yeah, he is. Okay, he's when, cool. I like him. When you when you have um, judged, how how was that experience, dude? That I love it. I would so I would so love to judge a boxing fight. I think it's, I, I like it. Yeah, it's it's low key nerve wracking just because like the way that we did it was a little bit more of like it wasn't as professional. And the reason being is that like they didn't really have the judges put in a spot like where the crowd couldn't see you judging. Oh, the crowd could see you. Gotcha. Okay. And and opposing teams. Um, How many rounds was it? This is Muay Thai, right? When I judge, no judge. It was it, there was a Muay Thai fight that I judged on the on the but it was, it was the influencer fight league cards. It was mostly boxing. Oh, okay. There was they had one that was a, they had one that was a Muay Thai. There was two influencers that like I guess they were gonna box it out, and they're like, "Hey, if you're if you're not a you know what, it's like fight me in Muay Thai then. Let's see what your skills are there." So it's a different like element to it is what they wanted yeah. to do, and so they added they added that to it. But um, yeah, I know. But it's like sitting there. It's like. I like it because you first of all you just hit ringside. But that's that's automatically just a plus. You just hit ringside. Right. But then number two, it's like you really get to like see the sport in a different view. Because mm-hmm. you're not looking as a fan now, you're looking at it as like, oh, I have a job to do and I have to like really like show them my boxing knowledge. Right. And so it's like I did like I did my research, I like do everything I had to do to like be able yeah. to judge. And I remember like watching the fight and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm looking for like who's throwing more punches, who's who's ring generalship. Yeah. Who's showing more ring IQ? Who's right. not getting hit? Who's not getting hit? Who has a good defense? Who's not just like walking forward, just taking hits on hits right. and stuff like that? It's like I'm looking for all those different things when I'm judging the fights and stuff like that. And I think it was super cool. But you guys have the people that's like, I wish it like because I think no one when they judge, they have a little table that's like no one's behind them and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And so the the, the first one, the first one that I judged, I've judged two. The first mm-hmm. one that I judged, they had they did it that way. They had us up against like a curtain. And we were like there at a table. So it's like, as we're doing it, we would just like have our scorecards and we would like write in the scorecards and then we like, we'd give them to the person they counted them up and then say the, say the results. Yeah. And then, um, but the second time, I guess that the commission, the commission that was doing it was like, we don't want the judges all sitting together. So what they had us do is that they had us positioned one judge on like each of the, like not besides the one side, but like one on each of the basically sides of the, the, the ring. Of course, yeah. So I got, I was, so I was on this one girl's side that like, and so I was judging her fight. Yeah. And then I had people behind me. I had people behind me. Dang. And I remember multiple times during the fight, some guy, some dad would be behind me. And he'd look up and he'd be like, that's so stupid. Why did you judge it that way? And I would like, start screaming. Oh, they said something to you? Yeah. Dang. Oh, man. That's crazy. And that's, that's like, that's like hard because you're just like, you're like, I'm not going to start talking to him because it's like, I don't, I, first of all, I can't do that because I'm like judging the fight and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's like, I'm hearing him say that. 
And I'm just like, I'm like, okay. So I'm just saying that I'm like, I'm like at points, I'm like, oh, is someone going to like try to like throw a fist or something like that? Cause that's what that was. I was nervous at that point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I remember there was one time. So the girl, so the girl that was fighting, it was her, uh, it was her team and she got completely dominated by the other mm-hmm. girl. It was yeah. complete domination. She wasn't throwing punches. She was, her head was being thrown back. Her hands were like wide up in the air. She's getting hit. And uh, the girl is just like walking forward and she's like defending and just like punching shots and like moving forward. So I gave all three rounds. Yeah. Well, one of the, the cornermen saw my card. It was like, that's so bold crap. And I remember the girl, the fighter girl got down and went, you seriously didn't give me the fight. And I'm like, how can I give you the fight? You didn't do anything. And she's like, she's like, see, this is why we know the fight's rigged. And I just went, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, this is wild. Like, I'm not even getting paid. Like, what do you mean it's rigged? Like, dude. I was like, I was like, you're going to sit there and tell me that to, you're going to sit there and say that you won that fight. I'm like, you have to change your team up. If you genuinely think there's fights that you could go half and out, but there's some rounds. Yeah, like yeah. I've had rounds where like I've watched like a boxing fight online or like watch it here, like streaming. And I'll be like, Oh, that's a 50, 50 round. Like you can give it to you depending on what you're looking for. Yeah. Of course. That's a hundred percent thing. And so it's like, was those like... Are things. But this one was pretty one-sided that it's like, <laughs> if your coach is sitting there telling you or someone in your corner is telling you, you won that fight. Okay, we you really need to have like a reevaluation of your team because there's no shot say, you're going to improve at this like, point. Get him a coach. Like, she's like Broner after Pacquiao. She's like everyone knows I beat that boy. And it's like, bro, stop. Like, what are you like? <laughs> for the streets. It's like, it's like for the, the streets. The, the streets. Like, for example, it's like yo. Like I know that David's. I know David's a fat hater, of Ryan. But at least Ryan owned up that he was losing the fight, and he also said before that he was going. He in the locker room, he was saying that he was going to lose the fight. You remember yeah. that? I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the tank. He had a podcast. He had a podcast and he said that in the back, he said he was like, he didn't have a feeling he was going to win. He was going into this fight just being like, I'm going to lose. He was like, he knew because of the weight cut. He knew that like, he's just like, I'm not going to win this fight. But he he, he, he did it because he wanted to do it for the sport of boxing. He wanted to like put the big names together. He wanted to make the big fights happen. He's like, I knew, he knew he's like, I knew I was going to lose. Yeah. Um, yeah, judging. A, but no, judging. Judging is a thing. It's it's so sick. It's it's. I want to get into level. that. I want. That's what I want to do. That that that's what, just I amazing. Say, let me ask you guys because you guys. I mean, we all watch boxing here, but when you guys sit and watch at home, like, yeah, do you when you guys score fights? Do you just keep track of them of them in your head, or do you guys have like a little notepad just to like label the I round? Write, I write it on my phone. You write. Oh, write your phone. phone. Okay. So okay. I open up. Or I texted. Or I texted to David. Yeah. <laughs> That's who you know. I was about to say. Or like, I tweet I, it. Actually, I tweet it. I, I was about to say you, you do quit. Okay, yeah. I'll tweet it. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, tweet check, I'll check Twitter for like yeah, your, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Your comments on it. I'm like, oh, like germs watching the fight. Okay, that am makes sense. Close, am I pretty? Am I pretty close to germs from what you've seen? If you if you do the comparison, our scorecards pretty close. From what I don't you, think so. Yeah, I mean, neither of you have ever given me a decision where you were like, where I was like. Yeah, that was a bad take. Like, like what know? the hell were you watching? Yeah. Right, right. There's, there's never been one like that. Yeah, for sure. You know? I, I always check my cards with uh with Sammy, with Sam's brother. Yeah. So I'll text uh, me and him will we'll text each other and I'm like, hey, how'd you how'd you score that? And he was like, Oh, I had it, you know, whatever. And he, we typically have very similar cards, which always makes me okay, okay. I I, I like, I know what I'm crazy. I know yeah. what I'm watching. I, I have an eye for this. Hey, but I'm just yeah. glad that like we actually can score fights correctly because there's some fights 
I look oh at a judge God. and I'm like, how the heck did you yes. get that? Yeah. It, it's, it's so crazy how, how often that happens. It's like, what fight were you watching? Like, wh- wh- where was I that you did that you scored? Yeah. It like, we didn't watch the same third round, bro. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It just, it baffles me how often that happens because it, it does make you question like a lot of the integrity stuff, you know, because it's just like, sure. unless you are, you, you, this, the round hadn't even started. You made up your mind who you, you were going to give this to. There's no other explanation because either you don't know boxing and you've never watched boxing or somebody slipped you a, a check and just there, you know, cause there's no other way. There's no other explanation. Either you're incompetent or you're or you're corrupt. It's either or. And, it, and it's like it's like if you watch enough boxing or even just like look up like like the guidelines and how to score, it's yeah. like it's not like you'll know when someone's winning. Like, yeah, 50-50 rounds, if it's like a close fight, it's like yeah, it's different. Dude, depending on what you're looking for, it's like that. Nah, that's all right. But if you're looking at a fight and you're like, oh, that round he dominated, like it was pretty obvious, and like these elements, and like this is where he did good. I don't know how you can give it to another person and be like, oh, this guy had it. It's like you because this is where I, I actually want to do want to ask you guys this question because you guys have watched boxing for so long. And I know this is a highly like this is a take that we have in the influencer boxing world right now. That this is what yeah. the Mammoth Taylor wants to do for misfits. And he says that he could he could see in the future maybe being imported into boxing is the idea of open scoring. So basically the rounds are like announced, like who's yeah. winning the fight, like at the point. So the fighters know as the fight's going on, who's winning oh. the fight. So it's basically kind of like watching basketball and you see the score on the board. Now yeah, we're seeing yeah, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, who's winning the fights as the fights go on. Because all we see, we see the unofficial scorecards, but we don't see the actual scorecards. And so, Do you think that should like, be added? And, and some of the unofficial ones. Chris Mannix, stop doing those, man. You suck at those. <laughs> God, every time I, I watch the zone, it's like Chris Mannix, like, dude, what are you like? You're there. How, like what? I, I, don't get me started with Chris Maddox. Anyway, um, I have I don't have a problem with that. My only reservation to something like that is you can run into a the safety of the judge. I gotta say, yeah. And I think for well, that, the safety gets jeopardized in the end, anyways, doesn't it? You still know who judged. You still know what cars. So the safety still jeopardized at that point. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, Someone might like, get like, bold uh, in the Tony, Tony, Tony Weeks. Tony Weeks. Tony Weeks, the guy that did the Roly versus Barrosos. Yeah, 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 Dude, yeah. He is getting slandered everywhere yeah. for that one. And there was another one that he did also that everyone was like, that's a ref, not not a technically. That was a ref, not a not a judge. Say, but for, like, like, for the stoppage, right? Like, they, they, like yeah, for, I yeah, yeah. got them confused. But like, um, but I think judges that, that still, scorecards yeah. scorecards get posted and stuff like that too, and you can see who is judging what. Yeah, I, I, my I, biggest I, my biggest gripe with it is the mm-hmm. idea that like the suspense is gone. See, but also, I, you, but I guess if you know, I guess if you know that they're going to win the fight, I guess it doesn't matter. My reservation. Is, also, it would be, it might change the way a fighter fights. Where if uh-huh. you, 
like oh, say for adapt ex- or change adapt yeah because say for, say for example you you win the first seven and you know that you can coast the rest of the way because even you might be yeah oh true yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah you you win the first seven and you know okay I just can't get knocked out I can't get knocked out and I can't go down a few rounds and I'm good so if I just run around so we'd have more rounds. Yeah. We have more secures in the boxing scene. That that would be my my other pushback. The real pushback would be that. Where you would get fights would be super interesting up until it's like a foregone conclusion. And so someone sees like that they're a front runner, they're like, okay, I've won like this many. I can, you know, I can take it easy for a round or two and then Yeah, because yeah, it, it just eliminates well, I guess it's part of the suspense. I guess it eliminates the suspense, but I think it alters the way the fight is fought because now you are truly in a position where if you bag seven rounds and you just run, everybody will hate you, but you won the fight. And it just, yeah, that would be awful for the sport. Yeah. So I would be okay if we do, Entering the ah, but even then enter maybe you do like the first six rounds live scoring. I can't have the that, idea like you don't uh, know until the until yeah. the until the end. Because maybe you know, maybe you're up six and now the guy who's lost the first six knows why well, I got I, I gotta step it up. And all of a sudden it becomes a very different fight, maybe. What about like putting out just just like the unofficial scorecard, like one guy's unofficial, just to see like. But they all suck. I know, but just to kind of give the, them an idea, like because oh, those you are he won that round, but like I'm gonna, you know, because those are typically. Or like, you do like, or you do an open scoring for one judge's scorecard. You don't. Oh, do yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, 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 yeah. That might that, be. That was gonna, that, that's that's a good alternate right there. Just like one of them, you're like, oh, okay. What what I want to see more in in judging. This used to happen back in the day, but well before any of our times. But back in the day, it was it was it was accepted for a judge to 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 rule a nine nine round. And this mm, typically oh yeah. and this typically happened when it's like it was even. It's a fifty fifty, and because typically now the fifty fifty typically will go to the A side. So yeah, and. Which, which I don't know. I mean, I guess it is fair. The guy has has earned, or or the fighter has earned the 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 like right. The I the guess the, yeah, yeah, the benefit of the doubt. But sometimes it's like, dude, I don't know who won that, and I yeah. just wish they would bring back the nine nine. You know what? It's even, super even, nine nine. That that's what we're going with. Because I've so, given draw rounds. Okay. Oh, okay. I, I like that. I don't think, well, like, what's the harm? It's like, you guys were evenly matched. I don't know who won that round. You guys yeah. both had, you guys both did good in different ways. It's like, right. reward. Don't reward yeah. it to one guy and be like, be like, oh, this guy's, I mean, also the influence of Biden is not, I don't, or influence of boxing. I've always thought it was like problematic that they, A side. Yeah. 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 I've always thought it was problematic that they're like, somebody has to win the round. Right. Somebody has to win it. And it's like, do they though? Like, you know, I, I don't know. Like, what if they, like that? Okay, There's like, draws yeah. in any other sport. Like yeah. the first round when people feel each other out, it's like 
that's a perfect time to throw out a nine-nine round. They're just both kind of duking it out from afar. A nice little jab here and there. It's like, dude, no one won that. Or or sometimes when you get like, I I also not a big fan of the fact that ninety-nine percent of the time, if you get dropped, it's a ten-eight round automatic, and it's like ah, like the knockdown should matter a little bit, like because it's like if it's like a little like. I don't know. You kind of, you know, like you hit somebody and it's like more like they, their footwork su- sucked in that position. So they fell, and, but you didn't really hurt them. Is that really 10 a? And I get it. Like it's, it's a standard, right. but, but it's like, man, like what if that guy comes back and has like a really great round? It's still by and large, it's 10 a. And I wish that that would be altered a little bit where it's more accepted like man, to get a ten eight, you really have to do something. Right, it really has to be like a knockdown where it was like, whoa, that was that was yeah, that was good. No, no. So you're saying like we wouldn't rule? You wouldn't want to rule ten eight for a flash knockdown? No. So imagine like imagine you have the jab and the guy like falls down, but then just gets up really quickly. It's like yeah, because that should count as a ten eight. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so because it just. 10-8 is a huge advantage. Like it is. I think there, I think I think yeah, like you said, I I could I could agree with that point because if you think about a flash knockdown, it's like you know how many times there's been issues where a flash knockdown it has been ruled a trip or it was a trip that they ruled as a knockdown. Mm, yes. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. It's a thing because because there's I there's like I forgot what fight it was. I just watched recently that I think someone got hit by it and the ref ruled it a knockdown yeah. and they looked at the slow-mo afterward and they're like, that was a trip. But yeah. they're the reputable to knock. That's the whole point, dude. That's, yeah. that's the whole point. They just lost now because yeah. the trip happened that the ref just didn't notice. Right. Yeah. I, I think that it, there has to be just more more flexibility when it comes to scoring because it just sometimes it, it, it's not as cut and dry than just uh-huh. ten eight or ten nine, and sometimes it is nine nine. Sometimes it is. Yeah, you did drop him, but. Uh, the guy was still right. fine. He was right. still okay. It's not like you were able to like pounce on him. It was 10, nine and that's fine. And I think, but it, it's so structured in such a way. That's, that's almost like unheard of. Like I have yet to see an, in a professional setting, a nine, nine round. And I'm like, why not? Like the, there should be like, like David said, like the first, I, th- I feel like most Canelo fights, the first three rounds should be nine, nine. Yeah. Just automatically, because I'll be honest it's just with feeling you. About, yeah, same with I'll, Tank, right? Tank doesn't yeah, change exactly, the same thing. Exactly. But it's like those first three rounds, and it's probably why I can't stand Maddox because the first three rounds he'll give them to like the other guy. And it's like oh, nothing, he stays giving. Yeah, he's giving them like out. Nothing dude. happened. He's like, I have Canelo down three rounds to none, and you're like, nothing has happened. Nothing. Absolutely nothing yeah. has happened for you to even like say that. And then the judges will give Canelo the three rounds. And it's the same thing. Like, wow, I don't know if he should bag those three rounds. Like, it, nothing happened. He didn't do anything to. That's how you get, like, things. crappy takes. Like, um, well, okay, like when Canelo fought, like, Amir Khan. Like, those, because, because Khan is, like, a shifty guy. He's fast. You know, great boxer, IQ. Those first couple rounds, like, Canelo's not doing much. He's stealing them out. And like to this day, I'll see people that are like they'll show a highlight of the knockdown, 
and they're just like, oh, but keep in mind, Canelo was losing the fight up until that point. And it's like, was he though? Like, I, they were doing okay. Like, it's like Khan was out here, like, but boxing his head off. And they're like, oh, yeah, but like, Khan won those first couple rounds. And it was like, I think that that's one of those fights where you see the, the, Canelo setting him up. Not only that, but just the Canelo understanding the showmanship. Yeah, I need to. I need to sell this fight. People paid for this fight. I need to carry him up right. until at least a certain amount, and he gets him to the seventh. Because it's like once they get to the seventh, it's like he's he, something flipped, right? And all of a sudden, like Canelo was there, and it was over. Yeah, and I think that's where you see like the showmanship of like I need to carry you to this. I need to like. Make There's some theatricality in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that fight, it's it always makes you laugh when people are like, "Oh, he was losing that fight." You're like, "Man, you, like, yeah, you, like, you've, you've never seen a fight in your life, bro." So okay, whatever. He was losing the fight. Another big thing too that I think about with the judging that, like, since I've judged now, I have an I have an opinion on it is the idea of uh, judging uh, biasy with mm-hmm. the crowd. Yeah. Oh, the noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 I think it I think that if you let it take it into play, I think it will play. I think if you take it into play. But for me, I love boxing so much that I'm so just honed in on what's happening in the fight that I really am not kind of paying attention to what's going on around me. But I feel like I feel like people like if no one's like as honed in, I feel like that can easily take attention. Because I was watching a podcast with um, someone and they're talking about, I forgot who it was. It was someone and they're talking about a point they heard uh, Jake make and someone else that agreed with Jake that judges shouldn't be ringside, that they should be sitting somewhere else. I agree. Watching the fight on a screen. I about that. Yeah, yeah. With yeah. no sound, no commentary. Yeah. With no sound, no commentary. Yeah. I, I, I agree. But uh, what's his, Max Kellerman used to say that. Max Kellerman used to say that um, that's the, the best way to do it. Because I remember he would say that he would, re, he would whatever fight he covered, he would go rewatch it, and he would watch it on mute. And he said a lot of times, many times, like, he found himself, like, being like, oh, man, I was wrong about whatever. That round, or yeah, yeah. And that's what I, that's I what I do say that. Yeah, like I've done that. Like I do that. Like I'll, I'll watch a fight and I'll post like whatever it is like on Twitter and stuff like that. But if I know I'm going to like talk about it with David on the pod, I'll watch it a few more times just like mute. And that way, like it's different. Like I remember I had that for the I, the fight that like clearly I was like, oh man, like that made a difference was when Canelo fought. Billy Joe. Billy Joe Saunders. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I remember watching the fight live, feeling like, man, like Billy Joe Saunders is really giving Canelo a hard time. And then when I went back to watch it, I watched it like three times before we recorded. And I every single time I was like, dude, like Canelo, like he was fine. It was yeah, like it was okay the whole time. He was fine, but. Oh, I should go back and watch that fight on me though, because I'm kind of curious. Because I thought the same thing as you. I thought, I thought, I thought Billy Joe was putting in work at the beginning. I think I told you that too, David. Yeah, it, it was. It's, it's kind of like what he did with Khan. Not that like, 
like with Khan, I, he was he's a lot bigger than him, right? Obviously, but with Billy Joe, it's like there's a lot of setups. There's a lot, a lot of, of the like, setups. So he's a lot like, of traps that are being set exactly. throughout the, the fight. That right. when when it finally gets to the point where he like he let him get cozy in there, and all of a sudden, yeah, because then when he when he ends it, and you you watched it like with no sound. You're like, ah, he's been doing this this entire time. Like this yeah. was, he was just laying the breadcrumbs to, to this. But do you think that you would notice that if you watched it for the first time on mute? No, because we still, we were, we were like, okay, the nerves. No, because I'm a fan of Canelo. I was stressed I, during that fight. I was I, like, a, yeah. I was so honed in. I think if I wasn't a fan of Canelo, yes. But I think yeah. I... I watch Canelo with I watch Canelo is like another like one of my favorite sports teams, so it's kind of different yeah. because there is like an emotional component to it. Yeah, that I can get out away from the emotions after the fact, after he's fought and everything. Um, it's why the I have such a big like Bivol, like he could beat Bivol. He shouldn't fight him again, but if he fights him again, it's why I'm so confident he can because I've seen that fight, I think, more than any other Canelo fight because it's like uh, he it just... I do want to see that fight too. I don't know if it's the vegan stuff. I don't know. I don't know if like it was all the, the golf, golf stuff. Yeah. I remember heading into that fight. David and I had a pot and you, I told yeah. David, I don't know, man. Like he just doesn't look like he like... He just doesn't look like Canelo. So, um, yeah, if it's another guy, then I think I could, but not Canelo. I'm too, I'm too biased. I'll admit that. Me too. Because I, because I'm like, I, I, the vegan diet, I think, I mean, we won't know until he fights without the vegan diet. Yeah. But I know a lot of people said a lot of people said he feels like they're they're seeing him look slower. So is he fight. still vegan now? I don't think he is. No, right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I remember when um when he fought Bivol, like we were worried about like his training. We're like, dude, I don't know. Like, but it wasn't until um when he fought Charlo, like the Jer- Jermel. Me and Jeremy were both like, yo, dude, like he looks a little more focused and he, he looks like he's intentionally training because people would always say that he was like, like when Crawford said he's afraid of black fighters, that he wouldn't fight black fighters. And so we're like, it's almost like Canelo was training angry yeah. for that fight because of he wanted to prove the doubters wrong. And he was like, that feeling wasn't there when he fought Bivol. When he fought Bivol, it was like, oh, he's training, but he's also playing golf a lot. Yeah. It was like, he's the and with the. And with the fights now, it's like it's almost like he's pissed that people that we doubted him back when he was fighting Bivol, and it's like, and he's like, "Oh, you, oh, you thought I lost the step? Like I'm gonna show you that I'm still, I'm still that guy, you know." So, yeah. and now, and now he's has black fighters lined up. <laughs> yeah, now he's fighting nothing but nothing but nothing but black fighters now. I, I was about to say. Hey, he's he's like, oh, he's like, you you wanted it, you got it. He's hitting him with the glider. Like, are you guys not entertained? Like, you guys line up, and I 
I knock him down, he's dude. At the, he's at the top, and everyone just wants to just try to knock yeah. him down in any way they possibly can, even if it's outrageously unreasonable. They're gonna come for his neck no matter what. He's what, not gonna win. What's it's the joke? It's you know, like if he fights Benavides and he beats them, it's like, well, he couldn't he couldn't beat Bibble. And if he fights Bibble and beats him, it's like, well, he would have lost to Andre Ward had Andre had he fought Andre Ward. And well, you know, <sighs> he can't he can't be Usyk. Well, he can't be fear. It's like he's in a no win situation. Oh yeah. And it just uh, and that's like and to he me, all these dudes. They're gonna be like, oh, but he wouldn't fight Bud, even though Bud agreed to fight him at his weight. And it's like, uh, <laughs> and he, he beats everybody. It's dude. like, yeah, but Floyd Mayweather still beat him when he was thirty-one, so he sucks. <laughs> and that's always gonna be the like, oh, Jose run. Cotto made him do the chicken dance when he was nineteen. Oh, and it's like, like dude, it always, it always, it, it always gonna end with with Floyd. Ah, oh, but he couldn't be Floyd. And it's like, okay, all right. I'll be still. He still. See, I, I still think he lost Triple G, but like both times, like the first two. Oh, come on! They were gonna be here all day arguing, like <laughs> for real. Nah, but he was scared of Trout. Oh, he no, he fought Mosey when he was too old, and it's like, yeah, it's just, like that's not his fault. He, hey, he, like I said, you line him up, he'll fight him. Never ending, never ending. Um, let's see. Uh, we're definitely going to have you on again. This isn't the last time. And Let's now, go. Like, now that you're here, you can bypass David. <laughs> um, I'm trying to go straight to Germ now. Thanks. I got your email now. So I, we're, we're Dang, able to communicate. Um, what is pro, what, what stuff should we be watching, like promote your stuff so that we what's in the works for you, bro. Tell us, yeah, we have yeah, yeah. Some prospects. Go ahead, prospects right now. What do we have coming up? Let's see. Where can um, we find you? All of it. You can find me on Instagram at Trevor Jurigi, Trevor, uh, your last name J A U R E G U Y. Go follow me on there. I post everything that I'm doing. You'll see, you'll see a mix of everything. Um, right now, what we have is that. I was in talks to try to go to Vegas for George's fight. wasn't in the cards because he's fighting on Thursday with all my classes and everything like that. So that wasn't in the cards. Really wanted to be out there for that one. But I know it's a huge moment for him. Um, besides that, I think we're gonna, when he comes back, we're going to do – I want to try doing his documentary about his health stuff. I really want to get into that. Working with uh, Nikki Rue right now on her influencer fighting stuff. We're going to help start promoting her for her fight. We want to get her promoted out there. And then um, we got some. We're, we're in talks for some fights. Hopefully, I can get a fight pretty soon. Working for I was gonna say, weren't, weren't you gonna fight in Puerto Rico at some point or something? Like, I don't want to spill the beans, but I'm just, you know, I just. I was supposed was to it, fight in my. Uh, I was supposed to fight in Miami. I had a fight. Miami, okay, that's what it was. Okay, was, sorry, Puerto Rico. I love you, but you know. Yeah, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico. I wanted. I was trying to. I wanted to go out for the Jake Paul fight and and the Serrano fight. But there's some, we got some we got some stuff cooking, so we'll see. Okay. It's coming soon. A lot of stuff I can't speak about yet. It's just gotcha. NDAs, good. NDAs, good. NDAs, stuff good. like that. I can't speak about a lot of the stuff I'm doing right now. What, what so. about YouTube? The documentary with George, all of that, right? Because which the, was about the inside inside the fighting mind? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you can go find that on uh, George Acosta's LUU uh, YouTube channel. 
go watch that. It's a super cool documentary. And then he has another one, a smaller one that I did. Um, I forgot what I called it right now, but it's, it's, it's his last fight. It's his last fight. You can go watch that one. Isn't it the behind the scenes, the behind the scenes. Yeah. So it's behind, it's behind the scenes of his fight stuff, his last fight and stuff like that. His last fight on his uh, old promotion company. It's not moving on to his new one. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a cool one. I did a lot of stuff for that one. That one was fun to film too. That was a fun fight. That was the one I got to go sit in the corner for. Nice. Nice. So I did that one too. So yeah, I go on LUU. But yeah, I appreciate you guys for having me on. Of yeah. course, dude. Great, greatly appreciate it. Uh, David, I'll see you later this month when I come back to Paso for a bit for spring break. And then I'll probably see you. I, dude, I'll probably see you because I'm going to, to LA twice this month too. So I'll probably see you maybe. I don't know. It'd be nice to get an in-person pod, maybe with the three of us at some, you know, at some point. Just saying, so I'd be done. I, all yeah. I have, I, you're here. All you're I here late the, February, right? Late February, David. You'll be down here. Yeah. What weekend? The twenty fourth. Oh, is that when you're up here? Is that when you're up here? Dang. Okay. All right. Because the weekend before, the weekend before, guys, this is my calendar. Because the weekend before, we're at UFC two ninety eight. Oh, okay. I'm gonna see you guys. I'll be on that Volks fight in Anaheim. Nice. Oh, dang. Okay. Right yeah. on. That's it. I'm excited for that. I'm excited to go see a UFC fight in person too. Dang. Not oh, ringside. Not ring. Not, not ringside yeah. this time. <laughs> my goal is to make some connections there. My goal is my goal is to make some connections there. I'm gonna go. Good. I'm gonna go to the. the I'm gonna Good. go to the way, and I'm gonna go to the press conference. I'm gonna go. I want to go talk to some peeps, but we're going for my, my buddy's birthday. My buddy turned 21. So his dad's coming down and he's treating us all to the UFC 290 in Anaheim. Sick. Nice. So I'm, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see that environment. That environment's going to be fun. Yeah. Nice. But yeah. No, but I appreciate you guys having me on. Let's yeah. I'm excited for some more. Yeah. We're, we're, we'll definitely do this again. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get it for the Canelo announcement. And we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Like, Whenever we'll see. it starts to <laughs> arrive, dude. I, yeah. I'm losing we'll hope. right. We'll see if it's Jordan with Benavidez, it's me with Bud, or if it's David with Charla. I'm I'm stress eating. Do you guys see me eating that concha earlier? I, 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 am, I am unfortunately I think I'm gonna be wrong. So Dude. I don't think he's fighting Benavidez. I hope I'm right, but I think I'm gonna be wrong. I, I yeah, I, I know. Um I think he likes trolling Benavidez. <laughs> <laughs> he likes he likes pissing him off, I think. But we'll see uh, what happens. Yeah. Um cool. So I will see you hopefully soon, David. Three weeks, four yes. weeks, maybe. Yes. Um, Trevor, it was a pleasure. It's and a pleasure. We'll, do the, we'll do this again. Um, yes. Good luck on everything. Your, your, Thank stuff, you. was, your stuff was was sick. And hopefully um, when your fight gets announced, if it's local, I'm here locally. I, I live here. Uh, HP area, so uh, I definitely okay. will be there to. If it's local, I, I definitely be there to to support and do that. Representing David, uh, David, come Thanks, on, bro, it's not that it. far. You got you got to be here for that. I'll go. Hey, come on, man. David, David has to be there. David's not yeah. there. There's a problem because David's been the yeah. one that's for the longest time. Like Dude, he's been I've my biggest him. like I've supporter, seen... but he's been yeah, our biggest man. leader at the same time. He's been both. He's been. Both. I had, I had both to keep him in check, bro. Like, I have to tell him like. <laughs> Dude, you're like you're not even hitting the the bag's not hitting back, bro. Come on, like go, like come on. <laughs> I, I didn't get back. I'm taking the hit. I got the battle scars good, now, David. Good, good. perfect. So you get plastic surgery now to fix this. Yeah. Oh gosh, no, don't do it. It looks beautiful. Don't do it. 
it's it's endearing yeah it's endearing. so uh so there you go uh follow our guy uh follow david follow myself and uh i'll talk to you guys soon talk to you soon sounds good y'all peace that's the podcast thank you to angel for the music thank you to trevor thank you to david Thank you to Triumph Protective Coatings, where they sponsor the pod. They specialize in concrete polish, epoxy flooring systems, microtop floor and walls, and self-leveling underlays. Reach them on Instagram, Triumph underscore Coatings. Arrows up for 10% off. My next pod is on Thursday. Super Bowl 58 preview, Niners Chiefs. It's getting real. I'm starting to get nervous. I'm ready. The media day is in full swing. So I'm ready. The teams are in Las Vegas. So Thursday, I'll have the great preview of the Super Bowl. And I'll also talk about Kobe as they are unveiling the statue of Kobe Bryant on Thursday. An NBA um, trade deadline. A lot of stuff happening Thursday. Delfimo fights Thursday. Our boy George. So we listen to the pod. George is fighting on Thursday as well. And they're in the card of Delfimo. So a lot of stuff happening. I'll be here Thursday talking to you. So that's the pod. Thank you for listening. L's up. You can listen anywhere you get your podcasts. Please rate, review, subscribe. Follow us on Instagram. L's up. And I'll talk to you Thursday. Let's go 49ers. Mm-hmm.